Welcome to another episode of Gold Sports, powered by RNA Media in partnership with the Tri-County Press. I'm your host, Riley Pate, my best friend and co-host, Adrian Herndon, and boy, do we have another great show. I, I feel like we say that every week, but it's yeah, true. That's it the gets, way the sports it, world is. It's gotten better and better, and it's more interesting in ways that, you know, especially in the... Uh, uh, some turn of events for some of the teams that we cover and uh, and follow. Um, also, you know, in the college world, football world, and the NFL, yeah. some turn of events um, and some also some great things uh, that are happening. And so yeah, man, I'm excited, man. It's a um, awesome end of the district uh, this past week. Yes. Uh, a lot of games got moved up to Thursday night instead of Friday, but either way, it was some good football. Um, we were uh, in Pittsburgh, Texas, covering the Pittsburgh and uh, Gilmer game as, you know, they uh, top off their district and head into playoffs this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to see a really good uh, Gilmer team as expected and them going into uh, their playoff season. And so to see what it's my phone to see what is uh, what lies ahead for them is going to be interesting. Yeah. And. and- some of the games were a little bit anticlimactic, yeah, that, kind of as expected. But now we we're, we're in the the part of the season uh, you can't afford to lose. There is no we're going to learn from this and get better. No, you're going to lose and, and go home. play basketball. Yeah, uh, and, and so that's kind of where we're at. Um, so kind of looking back at this past week, most of the games were played. Thir- all the games around here were played Thursday, Thursday because yeah. of the. Severe uh, storm system that moved through the area. But we had Gilmer uh, securing their undefeated district uh, championship against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh came out hot and then looked uninspired in the second half. Yeah. Uh, Just fell apart. Gilmer didn't play their best game at all. I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, watching them. I was a little let down. You know, I I didn't see what I expected. Not to say they can't play up to those levels and expectations, but it just wasn't there Friday night. Now, I understand you realize we're playing guys who we should mop the floor with. Uh, We've come off of a a district that we just ran through like like a hot knife through butter, you know, and and it's hard to get players motivated. Yeah. Now, I I asked this question just real quick, and I'm going to go to the Mm -hmm. next thing. I didn't see number seventeen, uh, Rowan Fluellen, on the field. Did you see him Friday? No, night? I don't recall. Do you him think they sat him that game? A very good possibility. Well, uh, okay, because I, I just thought about I, that. I, I, I didn't, that's I didn't right. see him. I haven't seen him looking back at our yeah, film. On I didn't it, see I him on the field. I mean, it's a smart, you, you know, and, and that's to say, you know, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, is a down team. There, uh, they ended the season two and eight, uh, or not ended the season eight. And going into playoffs, they're two and eight, um, and so when you play that team, it's like okay, we can afford to play our second string for the majority of the game. Yeah, so that's why I wondered if Metzl sat him, you know, for the game. That may or, have been a very intentional yeah, move. Now I know a, he did play some some of his start. You know, he left his starting quarterback in, of course, with with Tenson. And let me tell you, that kid's got an arm. Yeah, that kid's going to be a very good quarterback. I believe he's just a sophomore this yeah, year. Yeah, he's a sophomore. That kid is going to be a very good quarterback. You had Aaron Bell, uh, the standout uh, linebacker, and they put him in at quarterback. <laughs> some, I mean, yeah. 
that that kid's a a force to be reckoned with. Gilmer yeah. has good pieces. I still believe that that third round matchup uh, with Carthage, should both teams get there, and I expect them you to know, do it. Could be a good matchup, but I don't. They're going to have to play almost a perfect game to pull that off. Exactly. I you know looking back at you know the Carthage game and kind of following their season, um, as we say, Carthage does Carthage. You know, when we seen them in week two uh, in pre-district, they don't do anything spectacular other than line up and play football. They line up and do what they're supposed to do. Now, Guillermo, on the other hand, has the ability to be flashy, you know, uh, just in their past game and everything. But I I do deem that that'll be a very good game. They have what it takes to, to be able to give it some competition, but... Carthage overall is just a lot more disciplined, and that leads me to my next thing about Gilmer. As I told you Friday night, is Gilmer needs a little bit more class. I mean, and if you ever want to be on that level as Carthage, Carthage has class. Carthage can run all over you and be uh, respectful about it. Mm. Uh, some of Gilmer players, you know, I, I just seen them, you know, as I observed some things Friday night. Is I seen some, you know, comments being made and gestures. And I was like, okay, that's not classy for a good Gilmer team um, but you know just like you said that was for me that was not the best Gilmer game that I've seen these last two years that we watched him no. you know um, and it's, it's crazy because they have everything maybe more talent than they've had in these last two seasons but it was not the best Gilmer game it, it wasn't the action that I thought you know we would be getting um, but you know it's why I told you a couple of minutes ago is you know Pittsburgh darn near played their defense darn near played lights out against Gilmer. Yeah. Uh, the only thing with Pittsburgh is they could not get the ball moving on offense. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you you can't afford to not to do that against Carthage. You know. Well, and you can't uh, afford. To make some of the uh, now Gilmer show their athleticism, mm-hmm. you know, but they made some some mistakes mentally that didn't hurt them against Pittsburgh. That if you're playing a Carthage it's team, gonna, it's going to it's going to come through. back and bite you in the rear. Yeah. Now on the the flip side of that, you you mentioned this, and I just want to. It's been a focal point all year, but I do want to touch on this. Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot of tough questions that after this season. Yeah, it is, and and kind of to add them, you know, to their offense. You know, they lost one of their starting running backs Friday with a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's he's the key running back. You yeah. know, for that offense, uh, and so they're they're going to be missing a, a piece of their offense. It's just we won't be at the game, but I, I kind of whatever happens, I do want to see you know how they're going to how they're going to answer or you know answer that because, you know, they did put in their backup, did pretty good uh, in driving them down the field. But we were talking about this at the game. So, last year, um, Talik uh, Isom gets the majority of playing time back there. Yes, he's the he's the slot back in the wide. So, exactly. And now, all of a sudden, he's on the field. Yeah, other than on defense. I, I don't understand the philosophy there. Well, and, and to... The kid probably easily runs a four 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 five. Yeah, the, yes, he's the kid the, is the fastest. Speed. Other than you know number nineteen, uh, Cameron Honeycutt, 
Those are your two fastest guys on the field. And you don't have them on the offense. That's the questionable thing. They're not getting hardly any carries. No. Uh, now, now, maybe a crazy couple, I think. No, uh, Cam did it. Never touched no, it. In, uh, in the, in the, the season, Yeah, within no. the season, yeah. yeah. But they stopped with him. I, exactly. I, they, then they moved him. Uh, and then Tyreek hasn't gotten any carries. I, Other I than that was, one against uh, uh, Springhill, and maybe a couple more. That was a pointless carry. Yeah, but and that was an accidental score. Yeah, that, you know. Uh, but that, that, you're right. That, we talked about this, and I just wonder what the philosophy is and is and why. Because if you're trying to win the game, you will obviously put your best players in that can move the ball. Now against a team, I don't know if he were trying to. Just run it and be power against Gilmore. I don't know, but well, that wasn't gonna work on that defense at no. all. I, I just go. You, you don't have the guys on the offensive line to be able to just do that. Well, and the thing about it was is that they kept trying. You know, they in the beginning they tried to middle and run to the outside, middle run to the outside, and then and then by the end of the game they were just going up the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the thing, man. You you ran reverses these plays last year with Ty Leak. Yeah. And you know, in the in, in, in your playoff games. And they worked. They, they were got him out open space and he yes. didn't call. But and they haven't tried that this season at all with him. And so yeah, I'm I'm interested in uh, in knowing and and or seeing what the answer to that is. And you know, it's right what you were discussing uh uh, uh prior to that, you know, they have some huge conversations and discussions that need to be had moving forward. We're going to have to ask, okay, is this the... And let me preface what I'm about to say by saying this. I'm a guy that believes that if you run the football and you play good defense, you can win championships. Oh, yeah. That's my philosophy. So don't take what I'm about to say wrong. But there does need to be a question about is this the system for us. Not because it's a system that can't work. Not because you need to get more flashy, but because do you have the kids that will have the mentality that we're going to bulk up, we're going to get tough, we're going to just line up and say, here we come, fellas, we're going to make you play football. And right now, you lack that mentality on offense. You don't have guys that want to hit somebody. You don't have running backs that want to just bowl over people. They want to get flashy out in space and try all this mess. And it's not, you don't have that. And then you have to look at your quarterback group. You've got some quarterbacks now coming up that can throw the football. Yeah. Or Now, I'm not saying that you should build a system just around your quarterback because I've said for years you've got to have receivers. You've got to have guys. You, but if you have those guys coming up and you start seeing, okay, we might want to move to a different system, I think there's a tough conversation about your head coach. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing, and I don't want to keep going back to last year because last year obviously passed, but – if you take what they were doing last year and look at what they did last year, I mean this year, there's obviously some key changes. So, last year, you know, the starting quarterback got hurt in the third game of the, of the, of the year. He's out for the season. And then comes B, uh, BB, uh, Braden Bolton. And he's, he comes in, who was the starting running back turned quarterback. And, you know, week after week, he got it going, you know. Mm-hmm. But you've seen some key passes out of that offense where he would drop back and he would pass to number 10, Ricky Duffy. Yeah. Uh, now, if, you, if you've ever watched Pittsburgh, you know that Ricky Duffy was, uh, we call him Pooh, uh, 
was one of their key receivers the year prior before they even got into the slot T offense before Avon yeah. was even there. The kid is fast. He's, he's a great receiver. But you had him that you could throw the ball to. Now, what I'm, what I'm trying to connect these two is you have receivers coming up that are just like him. Yeah. That are young. That are just like him. That are able to get out, get out in open space and make something happen. So, yeah, those are the questions that's going to have to be answered. Because you have um, maybe, we're just going to say maybe for now, uh, uh, Nick Styles will be, uh, who was out for, ended up being out for the rest of the season with a back concussion. Yeah. Uh, so he had to sit out the rest of the season. Uh, you have him possibly or maybe coming back next year as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Great quarterback, great athlete, great kid. Yeah. Then you have... Uh, Dale Jones, who also will be a sophomore, that's quarterback right now, uh, for JV as a freshman. Yeah. You have him also uh, that could be a possible quarterback. He's fast, an athlete, can throw, has a great a great arm. You have all these athletes. If he's not throwing, then you have him at receiver. Yeah. And then you have another slew of receivers uh, coming up. You have three potential good quarterbacks coming up. Not to mention the quarterback for the freshman team who will most likely be on varsity next year. So so that's what I'm saying. You you think about that. Not to look, mention the running backs as well. <laughs> but you look at the stable of guys, and and I think that that's where you've got to be honest about, okay, what system works best for these kids and their mentalities. Yeah. Not that they can't run the SOT team. Not that they can't line up and say, come on, fellas, let's play football. And not that that doesn't work because I believe it does. But because if you can't get those kids to buy into that kind um, of football, yeah. it is never Average. going to happen. You're right. And and the question that's going to have to be asked with Coach Abram is this. Is he the kind of coach it's going to compromise. That, that will back off of his philosophy and say, I want to do something different? Or is he the kind of coach that, hey, I'm going to go where I can run my stuff? Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But then be honest about it and go where you can run your stuff. Yeah. Be who you want to be with that system and, and doing the things that you yeah. want to re- really do. Well, and to get back to you know you saying you got to have the guys that are you know want to that are going to want to uh, bulk up you know. Mm-hmm. And we had this talk last uh, what Friday we had, yeah. well Friday after the game is that you have guys who are on JV and we we you know this is why I, I question his. Philosophy or what he is doing. Now I understand you need guys on JV, but it's now known that you don't need a JV team to have a football program. Oh no, no. You don't even need a freshman team, right? Um, but I do question because there are known guys that are down on JV that could possibly very well play varsity mm-hmm. and be starters. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. I, I, that. You have the whole offensive line this this year. That were seniors. Uh, everyone that was on that offensive line that were seniors. And I can name two kids that are on JV that are two guys that are on JV that are just as physical, mm-hmm. can move, and they're on JV. And that's what I question. And then the the you're talking about bulking up. These kids, for Pittsburgh, that's that looks a lot different than it does for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Because Pittsburgh, this the, the truth about it is they have size, uh, they have height, mm-hmm. but as far as bulking up, that's going to take 
when we talked about this as well, that's going to take more of a program. Yeah. Because we talked about this. Gilmer is on a program. Yes. Car Gil- Car on a program. Yes. Longview on a program. Yes, they're on a program. They put their guys on a program year in and year out. And it's, it shows every year going yeah. into the season. They either gotten bigger, they gotten faster, or they're just the same. But they're producing well. And and Pittsburgh is not, you know, in this season we saw that Pittsburgh did, they, they, they got more in shape. But as far as being physical, it was not there. <laughs> no. And the mentality no. was not there at all. No, and, and the mentality wasn't either. And so... You have to build, if you want to build a program, you have to put money into that program. We talked about this yeah. Gilmore puts money into that program to be, for it to be successful. You have to spend money in order to make money. When I say make money, you that means you want your school to grow. They're going as far as they can in the playoffs and then state championship at state. And let me say this. If, if you're a Pittsburgh listener, please reach out to us because I want to know the thoughts of, of other fans in the community on this. Because some of them are probably li- going to listen to this, and they're going to hear this, and they're going to go, well, you know, you're comparing us to these programs that we're not. Well, your administration acts like you are. Yeah. I, I, okay, I'm going to go on one of my little Stephen A. rants here, okay? If you're going to act and be all snooty and act like, oh, we're one of the top programs in the, the, the area, then start putting out the money to win football games. Start get, getting a, a program together that will represent your team. If yes. you're not going to do that, then quit acting like you're yes. one of the top teams because well, you're not. And see, that's the thing. Now, to talk to Coach Avery to kind of pick his brains about what he wants and where, you know, will be an interesting thing because I want to know if he's ever asked or even made any suggestions to this even happening yeah. to the board. Um, because it's not us comparing him. But you gotta think. You gotta compare, compare them to somebody. You play the, you play you Gilbert, play those these guys. Are your, these are in your these guys are in your district, Carthage. Yes. In the same division yeah. and the region as you are. You have to play these guys somewhere along down the line. Either you're gonna meet them in the playoffs or you're gonna meet them possibly if you even go to state. You have to play these guys. Yeah. It's inevitable at this point. And you if you want to win consistently You've got to get a program that's comparable because all roads lead through at least those two teams in yes. region. Now, I mean, I, period. Yeah, and, and now we can say this team as well. Uh, Pleasant Grove. Pleasant Grove. Yeah. Pleasant Grove did the same when they got their new coach. They put money into their program. Yep, and all of a sudden now they're winning yeah, football games. And so, money. You want to win games? You got to put money. You have to invest into your at, into your players. Yep. You, 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 there's no way around it. You can't just hire a head coach. And say, well, he's going to fix it. No, there has to be money put into that program. And I'm not just talking about uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about everything that it takes. We're talking about uh, a food program. We're talking about making sure that the weight room is up to date. Yes. We're talking about the whole nine yards. And you've got to establish yourselves as one of the teams that, hey, if you want to Make a run in this region. You're going to have to go through us. And right now, ain't nobody afraid of Pittsburgh. No, oh, I know. They're going through them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're going through they, They're running through yeah. them like, and, like well, why to throw with them? And, you know, don't get me wrong because, you know, if you've been listening to, it, uh, listening to and following us thus far, you will know that I'm a hometown guy. Pittsburgh's my hometown. Uh, I've followed the Pittsburgh Pirates thus far my whole my life. So, I'm not bashing them. I want them to be better, but there's some truth that has to be, you know, has to be noticed that in order for them to get better, 
They have to do some certain things. Yeah. And right now, those things aren't being done. No, not at all. You know, you have if you have a coach like Abram with the coaching staff that he has, there should be some results, man. But oh, has, yeah. it, it, there should have been a build off of last year. Exactly. There should have been, and it wasn't. It went straight downhill, straight to the toilet. Started off with a Mount Pleasant game, got worse when Carthage blew them out at home. Yeah, and it just there was never from there was there. never a bounce back. No, there was never a bright moment in the no, season at all. Never. No, not even the North Lamar game. That was yeah. That was you, dark. The you, first half. Yeah, you you squeaked out of that ball game. You know, you, of course, you beat Spring Hill, but Spring Hill's by far the worst team I've laid eyes on all season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so it wasn't like a, you had that game where, okay, now we're getting better as a football team. No, that didn't happen. No, it you just, just beat and really you never, teams. you never got better offensively. They never got to a point where they could consistently move the football. No. And dominate people, and if you're going to run that kind of an offense, you've got to be able to well, dominate the opponent. And, and another thing is, you know, you you have to ask, you know, you 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 see, you know, the the running back issue. You know, like I said, they lost one running back. Uh, they have they moved another one in, and then you have another sophomore who was the second back, or uh, uh, and. Uh, What's his name? Uh, J.R. Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, has the utmost potential to be one of the most physical running backs. Yeah. That's what, if, 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 if he ever listens to this show, that's what I want to see from him. You know, I want to see him be more physical. For his size, he had he can be more physical than what he is. But that, that goes back to a mentality thing. It's not that, in this... What Abram told us at the beginning of the season after the Chapel Hill uh, yeah. scrimmage is not that they don't have the talent; it's the mentality. Yeah, it's a mental thing. And and he kind of thought I did too that hey, you know, we get past these with the scrimmages, we got punched in the mouth, and now they realize that it it was like it never clicked with at them all. That we're gonna have to change our mentality. We're gonna have to change the way we do things if we want to win football games, and it just never happened. I. Yeah. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, Dangerfield, uh, of course, gets another uh, district championship. They beat <laughs> Harmony. Uh, they, they they did what they were supposed to do mm-hmm. and excited to, to see what they're going to do moving forward in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, hey, they, I, I said from the beginning, they're my pick uh, to go to state out of their region and to, to win that. Uh, of course, they're going to have to get through Newton. Newton's a very physical football team. But and I'll talk more about that win and if that that matchup comes. But my thing with that uh, in the Newton Bowl game, I'll go ahead and put it out there. I, Newton can't stop a team that's got speed and can throw the football. Uh, it just it's just not going to happen. So um, we know, so what Danger, exci- know what Dangerfield looks like when they consist consistently does do, that do that. So I'm it's I'm not- excited for that matchup. Uh, Paul Pewitt did secure a playoff spot. They snuck and in. they may be the most dangerous two-win team in the state <laughs> they, of Texas. They snuck in. Uh, they, they got in and not going to have an over season and not going to have a season where you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> so so you get that. So let's look at this upcoming playoff schedule, All round right, one. Uh, and, and I've just picked some interesting matchups, some of them that we're going to cover and then some of the other, other matchups. Uh, you've got Dangerfield versus Anderson Shower. Looks like we're going to be at that ball game being played at the newly renovated Tomato Bowl uh, there in Jacksonville. I think right now, I think last I saw, Dangerfield's like a 21 or 28 point favorite in that ball game. 
I, I don't expect that to be close, but if you're Dangerfield, now's it. You've got to just play. You've got to do what you're supposed yeah. to do. There's no room for let's go out there and kind of yeah. lollygag, go through the motions. You've yeah. got to go out there and blow them out. Yeah. Do what you're supposed to and move on. Well, it's just like on last week's show when I mentioned that you know I went to the the game prior, uh, the week prior um, with Wascom against Wascom, and I told you that I seen players holding their teammates accountable. Uh, yes. For the mistakes, for errors, and all that stuff that was being made, as, as well as the coaches. Yeah. Um, and even though they were winning at that point, they were winning, but they were still like, hey, you messing up. You got to get yeah. on. And so Dangerfield has um, consistently progressed in that attitude. And, they, and they've gotten better. Yeah, and it's shown. So, yeah, they got to keep it going. They got to continue to be ment- more mentally tough and, and persevere and endure. Uh, through any challenge, I, I have them picked as well as a favorite to uh, in that division or that region to uh, win state or go to state. All right, you've got uh, Pittsburgh versus Carthage. We've already said all we can say about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I, that's all I can say. Now, here's my upset of the week, upset ball game of the week. I have Paul Puitt uh, going to beat West Rusk. That's a four over a one, and here's why. Not that Paul Puke can stop a living soul. They couldn't stop a blind man in the phone booth if they wanted to. But they can run the football. And they do it very well. Yep. West Rusk has had some struggles with that. I could see that being an upset ball game. Yep. Might prove me wrong. You know, West Rusk may come out. We'd look to be at that ball game as well. It'll be played here in Pittsburgh. But I could see that's my pick this week for the upset of the week is I've got Paul Puke beating West Rusk in a. That, yeah. In a shootout, not in the sense that they're going to throw the ball, but in a shootout back in the sense that there's going to be a lot of points scored in that ball game. <laughs> I, a lot of points. I, I, can, I can second. I could second that uh, because Paul Pierre obviously knows how to run the ball, and they run it very well. They have physical backs. They also have a physical quarterback in uh, Hayden Green. Mm-hmm. And so um, at this point, Pierre has a lot to prove because, yeah. you know, they, could, they, they were this close to going – for for the rest for the season they were this close for the first time in school and, history and, and they lucked up and got the worst two teams in the district at the, in their last two games and yeah. and they won out and uh, snuck into the playoffs so they have a lot to prove not only to fan base or uh, spectators or anybody else but a lot to themselves you yeah. know uh, because they are good enough to have won more games than they Listen, did. if they had any semblance of a defense, I would put them in the top three of the region. Without a doubt. If they could stop people, without, I, I would put them in the top a doubt, three. A doubt. But you look at, I think it had a lot to do with a change of their defense. So, obviously, so, and I've heard, I've talked with people uh, as well, uh, sources I, that's outside the team, mm-hmm. that don't understand why and would say that it's the defense, uh, defensive coordinate coordinator. Uh, when he changed to that four three defense, kind of messed everything up. Yeah, uh, because they were in the three four, and they were doing a lot better. Uh, and I believe if you go back to that three four, go back to that base defense that you had, they would do a lot better, uh, and they would have done a lot better this year had they been in it than they did. Because there were games that they should have won. They should have won against Redwater. Uh, they should have beat New Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, if you do that, you went. The only team we didn't see was the Hooks game. No, we were at the Hooks game. We were at the Hooks game. That's uh, right. We didn't Red, see that. Redwater was the only one we uh, we, we missed, yeah. and we didn't see him play New Boston. Right. Should have won the Hooks game, in my opinion. Yeah, the Hooks had a good running back, but but should have won that ball game. Yeah, but they their defense, man, is and when I say defense, um, it's more so so their outside. Their middle is good. It's just their outside, uh, their secondary that can't that never got it going. And that's the downside to the 4-3 is it causes your secondary to really get exposed because you don't have those extra linebackers that you can kind of mess with, drop them back into Mm -hmm. coverage, uh, which allows you to move your safeties over and do some different things. Now you don't have that kind of cushion. Uh, It it just takes away uh, from your ability to cover up. What you yeah, like? Yeah, you know, in the four three defense, you got to have some corners with speed, some secondary with some kind of speed, and they didn't have that. You no, know, they lacked tremendously in that area, um, and so to to be able to move go forward uh, in the playoffs um, is is you got to get better in your defense. Uh, I, I I do. I look I look for that to be a surprise game as well. Um, I really do. That's my yeah. upset of the week. Uh, yeah. I look for that to be a very big surprise game. Uh, let's see here. Another big game uh, going on. I, I, like I said, I've just kind of picked up some of the more interesting playoff matchups. Tatum versus Mount Vernon. That's got some juice to it yeah. out there. I say that's the fire game of the week, man. Yeah. And you know we had this discussion. Mount Vernon don't have doesn't have their uh, starting quarterback right. uh, in their starting what safety starting safety. So they're they're down kind of big on both sides of the ball, but they're obviously still able to make something happen. Right. And so I'm looking at um, that being a very interesting game. Now if they can stop Keeling and in, in that uh, infamous flex bone offense that he <laughs> runs, then. Then you got yourself a ball game, and you possibly got yourself a win. But Tatum, right now, man, Tatum has progressed uh, through the season, and you know they've gotten more tough. They've they've started to click with that offense for the first season, first first time running it. Uh, they started to click. This just shows you the kind of head coach that Cle- uh, Keeling is. Yes. Uh, and the type of athletes that are in Tatum. Yeah. Um, and the mentality, because they're, they're not afraid to hit people. No, that's a very uh, very. Um, Prosperous program, and so I'm looking for that to be a, a fire game, fire game of the week. I, I've got Tatum in that one. I've got Tatum. I have Tatum I, ultimately Tatum, too. Yeah, uh, and then Decap versus Edgewood. That's got some juice to it. Edgewood's been able to score points. Yeah, uh, Decap. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I, 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 now I don't know. Have you seen anything? If their I, running back is back, I've not seen any updates on that. Okay. I saw you know where he didn't play this past week, but I haven't seen any updates as to whether. Well. Or not. Uh, Edgewood, that's that's where Coach uh, Guerrero is, right? Yes, Coach G, as we call him. Uh, <laughs> did you pass? Um, and that, we're not going to get back to that. We'll talk about it. But I mean, Edge Edge Edgewood. Uh, I don't know much about Edgewood. Um, Edgewood. So I've coached against them. Edgewood has athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you go out there and punch them in the mouth, they'll lay down. Uh, that they, they, they'll take it. Yeah. You know, uh, we we did that one year. We beat the dogs not out of them. We beat them uh seventy two to seven at for a district championship 
uh, a year after losing to them. So they're the kind that, and, and how we did it, that, that offense, I don't know what he's doing now offensively. I do know that they still have that same offensive coordinator mm-hmm. because he's the athletic director. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a weird deal. But it anyway, is. Yeah, the AD is the head baseball coach. He's also the offensive coordinator, so you have to run his stuff. He's obviously there for baseball. Yes. But uh, <laughs> that that offense, if they stay in that same, because I haven't seen them since, since we got out of the, the, the district with them. And this was three or four years, well, yeah, three or four years ago now. Um, but the, they relied heavily on the jailbreak screens, using that to bait you and then opening you up down the field. So it's uh, going to be a, a game of don't bite on, on those things. Now, where we got them was in that ball game was they came out in it through the jailbreak screen. The first play of the game, we picked it off right back for a touchdown, and after that, they were like, well, now what do we do? Well, you know, with DeCab, you know, I, I guess I, I trust in Coach uh, Edwin Mims' uh, teaching in, on his corners. Uh, they, 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 their defense is good. Like, yeah. Watch them against Puitt. Um, I, I think that'll be an interesting game. Uh, as we know, if DeCab pulls this game off and Dangerfield pulls their game off, they're They'll go head to head the next round, second round. Yeah, um, I think uh, uh, Decaps look already looking forward to that game. But you can't look, you know. Yeah, you can't look too far into the future. Because Edgewood's a very good football yeah, team. But there, I think I would say you know some some are looking uh, forward to that game. I'm looking through this, um, trying to see if anything else has been said as to uh, linebacker. Yeah, so Edgewood's still in the same same offense. Uh, Air raid. Yep. So so Edgewood's still there. Same stuff. Mm. Well, you know. <laughs> they obviously so I think that could be but there's no update as to the running back. Yeah. I'm I, not taking any plays in this ball game. I, I think that has the potential to be a good game. I, I do too. So I, I, you know, again, that's a that's a good one. That'll be played at Sulphur Springs uh, Friday uh-huh. night, seven thirty at Sulphur Springs. All right. Now here's the juice. <laughs> Wait, you had something you wanted to circle back to before I move on. Uh. It it it, it was in coach relation to Coach G. G. Oh. Um, We're going to kind of go on a rant. Well, you already know is about, because we talked about this numerous of times on the show about Pittsburgh. See, we talked about Pittsburgh a lot because it's my hometown. I've seen a lot done in that district and some crazy stuff. But G was obviously on, uh, in the application, put in the application to be the head coach uh, for Pittsburgh. From, from what I've, from, or from what we've both been told, he yeah. was one of the top three yeah, and well, he was a uh, former coach at Pittsburgh back when uh, Robert Manley was the head coach from um, 07 to 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, he left some years prior to Manley leaving uh, officially. But he was a defensive coordinator who helped lead that team to the state semifinals. Uh, very, very good defensive coordinator. So I just want, I, I was like, did you skip? Because. Who knows what they found that was a lie, or and what they said was a lie on his in his application? Um, could you have possibly missed on a good coach? 
Maybe. I, 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 that's tough to tell just because I know what kind of athletes he inherited at Edgewood. Yeah. And I, from, from their defense isn't very good, so I know who's, and I know who's running the offense. So I don't know how much credit he gets for their success. I, I, I know for nearly a fact uh, is that uh, he they, they hire him. He's a very defensive-minded coach. Uh, he's very... Uh, he likes a lot of power and speed in, on his front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then physicality on the back end. And his safety position is linebackers. Well, he doesn't have that. They've got a very yeah. s- soft second See, end. and that's the... Uh, that's the offensive yoke that the famous Cole Wetzel played for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the, and so, uh, as a linebacker, starting with middle linebacker. And so, he, he, if he could have shaped that defense to be a very good defense, um, I asked, you know, it was some obvious things on Pittsburgh defense that I thought that was some players that was out of place uh, positions, but... Mm-hmm. That's neither here nor there, but I just you know wonder you know he's able to lead this team to you know the playoffs as a number three team or number yeah they're they're a three seed. yeah and so I I mean there's just so many possibilities that could have happened I mean, I, but that, but honestly out of the guys that we know were interested in that football job he was obviously the bot. Well, he wasn't even in the top no, five of the yeah. guys who were interested in that job. Yeah, no, no, by far, no, by far. Close. I, th- there's a lot. One of these well, days, yeah, one, one of these days, we're gonna be able to, to to let you in on some things. Yeah, yeah. You will probably be questioning, you know, questioning the same thing that we. I'll put about. it this way because it's not going to matter if this happens. It's not going to matter what we do or don't say about the previous. Hiring process, but if if Coach Abram chooses to leave or, or something, if he ceases to be head coach, buckle up because we got some stuff. Yeah, I don't think you could get the same guys that you had the opportunity to get. No, the first it's not going to happen. Yeah, you, you, those were those were one and done. Yeah, you you burnt those bridges. When you tell those cats no, they ain't. They yeah. Ain't. Okay. Fine. You and one of them, one of one of them, as we know for a fact, now has a uh, coaching job already in uh, in Mesquite. Yeah. A head coaching. So, uh, yeah. You, you you lost that one. <laughs> you lost that one. You lost. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> if it ever happens, buckle up. Buckle up. All right. Moving on to some more juice. Uh, the big juice. College football. Yeah. Got to lead with my roll tide. My Nick Saban. I tied down. Uh, tide is not going to roll. Well, not <laughs> this year. But not this year. They've been halted. But how weird is it that we're only we're in the first week of November and and Alabama's not relevant. It doesn't fit for me. It doesn't feel weird because I'm, I'm not an Alabama fan. Obviously, for me, it doesn't feel weird. One, because I said said at the beginning of the season, they're not going to be a good team simply not because of athleticism or anything, but because they're not disciplined. 
And if you're not disciplined, that can take you down faster than you can rise. Well, and Nick Saban had a press conference today. He came out and he said, listen, we did a terrible job, throughout, or we've done a terrible job yeah. throughout this year of just buying into the process, focusing on winning games. He said, we've got too many guys that want to win a natty, but they're not focused on what it takes to actually do yes. it. And, and, and that was one of his, his big things about this football team. When they asked him, they said, you know, what has happened to cause this? And he said, my number one thing is you've got to buy into and love the process. He said, we've got guys right now that don't love the process. And he said, that's something that we've got to address to finish out this year and, and moving into recruiting and, and things, spring ball and, and all that going into next right. year. But why I say it feels weird College football revolves around Alabama. And their success. And, and it's bad for college football when Alabama's not relevant. And yeah. here's why. Alabama is your national draw. Yeah. Without them, you've got regional draws, you don't have national draws. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't... Well... About that, so that's because everybody just automatically assumes Alabama's going to be that number one team. That no one's going to knock them off their their. Well, their... it's Nick Saban. Well, okay, well, okay. So look, people buy into the fact they want to watch Nick Saban. They want to watch the way he coaches. They want to see yeah. that program. So people buy into it. Now, is there a regional thing to it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the state of Alabama is crazy about. Uh, Nick Saban and Rome type role. I mean, there is still, but they're your national draw. Mm-hmm. Now, Ohio State has a little bit of a national draw to them. They had more when Urban Meyer was their head coach. Uh, Michigan, you know, you've got Jim Harbaugh, but still that's largely it. Those are northern teams. Right. But South could care less about them. Now, I care about them because it's part of our, what we do, and I'm just a football fan. But, but from a ratings perspective, this is bad for college football. Yeah. Ratings across the country will go down on Saturdays because those teams out. You still have Georgia. Georgia is a little bit of a national draw to them, but not to the extent that Alabama no. does. And that's why it just it hurts college football when things happen that keeps Alabama from being a team that's relevant where now we've got to watch them to keep up with the playoff contenders. Yeah. Well, one thing about them is that they're just, okay, I guess they're they're a young team this this season. And you can tell because, like I said, it goes back to discipline. And it's what I told you is it's as if the players bought into the hype of just being Alabama players and being under the coaching leadership of Nick Saban. That we're, We're here then we're just automatically going to win because we got yeah. players, we have... But you didn't have the discipline. You may have had the athleticism, the physicality, and all this other stuff, but you did not have the discipline. And so I've seen at the beginning of the season when they played Texas, I knew then they're not going to win. They're not going to be... They're going to win, but they're not going to be as good as what they usually are simply because their discipline, they're not... Their discipline is off par. It's not... Yeah. It just it just isn't there, and, and I hate it for Nick Saban, you know, because as much as he puts into that program and that coaching staff and into recruiting and the players, and you have players out there to go out there and kind of crap it away just because they make bad decisions, mental mental decisions, um, at, at that, 
because they lack the discipline, you know. Mm-hmm. And you've you've taught them this, you've coached them, you know. They they should know, but it's it's just it, it's not working for them. It didn't work for them this season. No. Um. And then and you and, and kudos to LSU. Well, yeah, I was one of the first guys to say Brian Kelly doesn't belong here. What this is a joke. Why did he get this job? And all of a sudden, he has it's go Tigers go. Yeah, uh, and he has a very good shot now to play in the SEC championship game. Yeah, uh, you know so now, and I'll get to that in a minute because because I got a lot to say about these possible matchups. But but I, I I'll go back to what I I agree. You know the the big thing I agree with what Nick Saban said that that you know you just said to me guys that, that weren't disciplined didn't mind the process. But the big storyline to me was now it's bad for college football. Because it's it's it is not good um, when Alabama is not involved. That is just not good for college football, and that's just all there is to it. Um, okay, my other thing, another headline thought I had with 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 football, college football. Jimbo Fisher's got to go. I was just looking at this. I was just looking at because I was like, that's that's the program that's went dead solid. Jimbo's got to go. 41-24 yeah. against Florida. That was, I watched a little bit of that ball game. Jimbo's got to go. And I was a Jimbo fan. When they hired him, I thought, hey, now you've got a coach that's won a national championship. He's worked under Nick Saban. He knows what it takes. He started off that way, and it's just like the, the it just went off the rails. He got gypped in that COVID year, and ever since then, it's gone yeah. off the rails for him. Um... Well, he had somewhat of a promise last season, but it's like what yeah, after he beat it's like it's like what when Saban said, and we gonna keep going back to this because it's funny for one, and then for two, it, it shows you he bit the bait. Yeah, I mean he took a chunk out of it and hung on. Sure did. And 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 it showed, man, because it is not it is made him look as if okay. Where's that class that you had, the recruiting class? Where's those athletes? Where'd they go? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you really a team worth being competitive in that same? I can see why Texas is chasing them now. Yeah. Um, are you are you that competitive team? Are you gonna still that top four team or able to be a top four team in the SEC? But now it's like A and M is just like I said, they went dead solid. You know, they don't have. A war cry or chant or anything to give. Well, right now, now you're you may not even get a bowl game. That, but the way they played, it I'd be surprised if they even touch a bowl game. I, I, I mean, let me look at their schedule. I, I don't see them getting a bowl game just by the way they played. They haven't played good enough for as not even just record wise. They haven't played good enough to even clinch. Or even no. be in the talks for a bowl game. No, not even close. So I just I don't I don't know. A and M with Jimbo Fisher may not be that may not be that matchup that uh oh, yeah may not be that matchup. I I just don't. I mean you you're looking at not even. Can you look up their schedule real quick? I I'm having some phone issues over here. Um, tell me what their next the the rest of their Auburn. season looks like. They, they got, got Auburn, Auburn yeah. with Cadillac Williams, who got his college head coaching debut win. Okay. okay. 
Uh, Auburn, you got Where's Houston. Where's that game at? Uh, at Auburn. Okay, you got Auburn at Auburn. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a coin toss game. Okay, and then you have UMass. Uh-huh. Um, I assume that's at home. And then LSU is the last game. You're not beating LSU. You may not be Auburn. If you don't win, the, I, you've got to win both LSU's of those at, games. LSU's at uh, UMass. Yeah. I mean, at LSU's at, uh, at LSU. Uh-huh. UMass is at, at home, at College Station. So, so you're, pro- you're probably going to end the season out of those. Uh, one these, and two. Yeah. Because you may not even beat Auburn. Yeah. Wow. And that's a four-year contract yeah. for Jimbo. It's a bad season. Oh, that's a bad way to even start that season for him. You know, if that's a... Where to end it. Oh, yeah, to end it. Well, the only way, as anybody else or any other team or head coach, uh, that, would, that would suffice would be for them to come back next season, show that recruiting class that you have, mm-hmm. um... That set that offense get find you a steady quarterback if it's not going to be Haynes King, uh, and win. Yeah, that's the only that's the only solution is win. So here's the contract breakdown. If Texas A&M fires him after this season, the boosters would need to pony up eighty, nearly eighty six million dollars. They wait till next season. It'll be seventy six million eight hundred thousand. The lowest that it could go if they were to fire him would be in twenty thirty. They would only have to pay nine million nine hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, that's eight years from now. That, that's not gonna happen. He's not gonna last. They still going to pay but, a chunk. But you're looking at okay, probably firing him after this season. If he doesn't make a bowl game, you've got to move that's on. Eighty six million. Bro. That's eighty six million dollars just to pay a coach not to coach for you. You're losing a chunk of money, a huge chunk of money. Yeah. But we're seeing more and more teams willing to just. Stupid. Yeah, they're just throwing money uh, out there, man. It, it happened with Ed Orgeron. You know, LSU came in and said, we're going to pay you, what was it, the, the remaining um, uh, 13 or $14 million all in, in chunks of money, and he said, where's the door, and, and which yeah. way, you know, how, how do I leave? Um, and it doesn't bother him. Is it going to bother Jimbo? Yeah. Is it going to hurt Jimbo's ego? Absolutely. Has Jimbo coached his way out of an, another SEC job? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and, and, and that's hard to think of the fact that Jimbo Fisher may have coached his way out of an SEC job. Because you even think about the other jobs that are open. He's not even being tossed around as a candidate for those jobs. Well, I was going to say Oklahoma. But that's only if they're willing to move on from Will or from Brett Venables. But I don't see that happening because Brett's a he he's an OU alum. You know that would be moving on after a year. I I just don't see them being willing to uh, do that. Well, well, Jimbo, I just don't know. I did not see this season happening for uh, no, Texas A and M. No, Texas A and M didn't think they thought. This would be I. I had them as a, a possibility 
to be in the, the um, yeah. football, the, the playoff range, not the football playoff picture. It's been a while since Texas A&M has been this bad. It's been a while. Long time. Yeah. Last time it happened, they, they fired him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it, it just one of those deals, but Jimbo's got to go. The other thing, Dion's picking up traction for that, talking about the Auburn job. Mm-hmm. Open, uh, you know, coaching job. Dion's picking up traction for that job. In fact, Lane Kiffin, who was everybody's top pick to take that job, actually endorsed Deion Sanders for the job. Now, can you trust Lane Kiffin in these situations? Absolutely not. We're talking about the guy who had to get escorted out of Tennessee after he left in the middle of the night to take the the Raider job. It's just a mess, okay? We're not... But, having said that, it doesn't appear that Lane Kiffin has any interest in what he views to be a lateral move to Auburn. The way he's approaching it, he doesn't see it as a better job. Which tells me that Lane Kiffin believes that he can coach Ole Miss into the playoff picture. He's darn near close. He, he's clo- He's getting closer. Yeah. And so, so that tells me that in his brain, in his mind, he's thinking... I can get these guys, and I wouldn't have to start over. Right. I'll just take what I'm building, continue to build, and I can do this. So having said that, Deion's getting traction for that job. Do I think Deion Sanders will win in that job? Absolutely not. Do I think that it will turn into a circus very quickly? Yes, I do. And on top of that, what about I'm swack? I'm more swack than all the other swack coaches. But yet, you want the Auburn job? That's a joke. How about getting Travis Hunter to turn down the SEC schools to quote-unquote represent the HBCU and yet you're so that, going to jump ship? So that's my big question is, if indeed, indeed, that he is interested in this job, what about the guys on that team, the, the, the top recruits? Now, he got some top recruits to turn down some major schools just to go there. Tra- Travis Hunter will come with him. He's the number one. Travis Hunter. Okay, you get Travis Hunter. That's probably going to be a given. You would think. Yeah, because Travis Hunter went to Jackson State for Deion Sanders. Exactly. So he's going to follow Deion Sanders most likely. Okay, so that. What about his two sons? They probably go with him. His sons, of course. So now, now, do Auburn have a quarterback? Uh, He'll be graduating, I think, after this year. So if he get that job, his son may be the starting quarterback. That's how bad Auburn's been. I think I've watched him play like one time. Yeah. That's kind of hard to speak. His, he's probably going. His sons are probably going to go with him unless they grown. They can want. They want to stay. They want to stay. But if not, his sons are going to go with him. The quarterback and the safety. Yeah, I, but his his son left a a top university just to go there. But it it goes back to what I said last year about Dion. Dion is, and I've said it even this year, but I've really hit it last year and, and during the off season when this whole mess with Travis Hunter happened. Dion is about Dion. He always has been and always will be. He's not about building programs. He's not about now. Does he have I seen you know I've seen some things with him that I I, I respect you know about how he he does place an emphasis on you know move on from from your prior life, do better for yourself, yeah. go to class, pass your classes. He he emphasizes some things that I think are good. I think they're important. But at the end of the day, Dion's about Dion. 
It, it is the Deion Sanders show. Every time he shows up to a stadium, he makes that very clear. Uh, he, he doesn't carry himself in a, I, I'll just put it out there, he doesn't carry himself in a professional way at all. Uh, you know, he makes sure that you know I'm Deion Sanders and, and, and you know, I played in the NFL and I've done this and I've done that. He, he puts all of that out there. And I don't know that that's going to play well in a Power Five school. Well, to I think he's starting have he's he's starting to have to be that more back in the back shadows of the game more because after the incident that happened with the coach after the game on the field, yeah, he hasn't been as flashy and out there. You know, that's true. Because uh, I, I was watching the video. Matter of fact, before we started the show, I was watching the video where you know, he was walking through a group of players and some of the players were uh, cussing him out and talking about the school and trashing the school and his name and all of this and he just kept walking through them. I think that may have happened because if he's going to have to, if he's going to get a job in the SEC with Auburn, if he's going to be that coach, he's going to have to learn to keep it moving. Be quiet, keep your mouth shut, keep it moving. And he's also going to have to learn it's about Auburn, not about Dion. Right. Because Auburn doesn't care. Yeah. They just want to win football games. Right. Right now, at, uh, you know, at Jackson State, they built their identity around him, whereas you take a Power 5 job, it's it, the, the identity is that university. It is those boosters. It is that that mentality of you're in the SEC, you have to play Alabama every year yeah. in the Iron Bowl. You have to, you have to be, if you want to start winning ball games, you're going to have to beat the old misses of the world, the LSUs, yeah. the, the Georgias, the, you know, Tennessee. You know, you, you've got to beat these guys now every week. You don't get to beat up on some poor sap in HBCU conference yeah. that can't recruit like you do. And that's the thing is, you step into this spotlight, Competition just got a lot tougher. And that's even talking. Now, Travis Hunter will be able to hold his own. He'll be able to hold his own. Uh, as far as his sons, out of one out of two may be able to hold their own. Yeah. And that's the one that came from the uh, Shallow, that came from a, well, a good top university all the way to Jackson. He will be. He knows how to play in a top, a high caliber uh, defense against high caliber colleges. You know, uh, but... Shador is only a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, and so if he gets this Auburn, this is only us saying if he indeed gets this gets the Auburn job as head coach, uh, then he may struggle a little bit, and that's the only thing that I would worry about for him is does that knock down his confidence? Does that knock down his uh, his ability to be able to be a quarterback? Because in 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 the HBCU, you're right. The recruiting is not the same no. at all. You got smaller guys. They may be still fast, but you got smaller guys. These the HBCUs are usually your are not your five four star five star. We're talking about your JUCO three star three star receipt you know players. Yeah. And so you you were looking at. Now I'm not saying less talented, but they're not up there with the Alabama, the Tennessee, the Georgia. The, and all these other teams, even the the Pac twelve or Big Tw- or Pac ten, the Big Ten, they're not there. No, you know, and so you have to consider that. And for Dion moving forward as a head coach, 
if you if he doesn't get this arm job and he's looking to play those type of teams, you have to consider your guys, and he has. But if you get this Auburn job, you have to consider your guys, not just yourself. Well, and on top of that, now you've got to figure out can uh, Deion Sanders coach football? Yeah, because that's going to force him to be a oh, football coach. Yeah, and that's why I say he's going to have to keep his head down and keep it moving. Yeah, because it is there's no time for all the the flashy want to jog around the stadium and greet everybody. No, you, you you're there to be a head coach, and, and now you've got to put in the work throughout the week. Yeah, now you've really got to stay in that film room. You've got to run an entire program. Make sure that your your staff is professional. That that everything is in place for most, you to beat the top teams in the country. Most definitely. Um, but I, I have my doubts. I really do. If, if if that does happen, I think that you're moving from one disaster in Brian Harson to another in Deion Sanders. I think if you want real credibility back in Auburn, you've got to go persuade Lane Kiffin that this isn't a lateral move. This is a move up the ladder. I I have said it before. I'll say it again. I think he's holding out for the Alabama job. Mm-hmm. I think that he's content to stay at Ole Miss until that job comes open. But if you're Auburn, you've got to. Heck, to me, I, again, it, it's going to come with all sorts of criticism. Yeah. I think you call Urban Meyer and say, <laughs> hey, coach. Oh, Urban. You know, how do you feel about the SEC again? Um, I, I know that Hugh Freeze has been thrown around. Hugh Freeze is a fraud. He, he, I mean, he's winning games at Liberty, but listen, he, he doesn't, <laughs> he, he doesn't need that job. Um, you know, but but you you've got to move up. You've yeah. got to bring credibility, and I don't think Deion Sanders is the answer. So, moving on to um, some of the playoff predictions. You got a lot going on. So here's the here's the thing with the four team playoff, and this has been my gripe uh, from the get go about the four team setup that that looks like it's going to be moving to twelve games in the very near future if they can ever get their their mess together and and come together and do what's best for the for the kids. But. As it stands right now, you get you get four teams chosen by a playoff committee. The problem is in a year like this year, where you only have one truly sure enough dominant team in the country. Although an argument could be made, really and truly, that Michigan could be considered a powerhouse dominating force uh, in college football. I know everybody's in love with Ohio State and, and all the points that they put up, but it in their body of work, I mean, who have they really played? So an argument can be made that Michigan's up there with Georgia. But in a year where it's it seems to be Georgia, maybe Michigan, and then all of these kind of middle-of-the-road uh, uh, type of football teams, in a year where, again, Alabama is not going to be in the playoff conversation, now we've got a mess. Uh, now we've got a situation where there's a lot of scenarios. Now, will this allow some new blood in there? Absolutely. Will this allow some some fun conversations moving forward? Absolutely. But do we have a mess on our hands or what 
when it comes to the final four, my my answer to that is it is an absolute mess. Let me let me just throw out the projected now that the it'll all come out next uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The new the new rankings. Here's the projection, and this projection was put out there by um, Stan Becton of NCAA.com. This is just based off of everything that he's okay. He's got his prediction is that tomorrow night you'll have Georgia at number one. They were number three in the last rankings, but number one. Um, number two, he's got Ohio State. He says Michigan will be number three, and he's got Tennessee right now at number four, and he's got TCU at number five. Now, do I think that will hold? No. No, not Tennessee after doesn't look like they're going to even play in the SEC championship game. If that happens and they have to sit out, you would think that they're going to end their season Good. with the one loss to Georgia. Okay. Now, if TCU has an undefeated year and they win the Big 12, mm-hmm. which it appears that they're going to do, I say that they get in. Now, here's going to be the question. And then you've got, okay, Oregon in there at number six. Those are the teams that have a legit chance. Just, yeah. Just with their, okay. Now, here, here's where it gets really interesting. Okay, you're going to have a scenario. Right. Where Michigan's going to play Ohio State for the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. One of those teams is going to get their first loss of the year. I mean, assuming they end the regular part of the season undefeated and do what they're supposed to. Yeah. Let's say Michigan beats Ohio State. Okay. Okay. Now you've got a one-loss Ohio State team. You've got a one-loss Tennessee team. Okay. You've got an undefeated... Pac-12, I mean, uh, 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 Big 12, TCU. Yeah. You have a one-loss Oregon. If they win the, the Pac-12 yeah. or Pac-10, whatever it is. Who Who's the odd team out? So so you're clearly going to have, you're clearly going to have Georgia number one. Right. That's in, yeah. Because they're going to be the SEC champion. Okay. Let's say that Michigan beats Ohio State. They're the Big 10. They're in because they're going to be undefeated. Mm-hmm. So there's your one and there's your two. Now you've got all of the, and let's say TCU's in because they're undefeated. Big okay. 12. Now you have one loss, Ohio State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whose one loss is to Michigan in a conference championship. Okay. Okay. Then you're going to have a one-loss Tennessee, which is to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a one-loss Oregon, awesome. also to Georgia. Who's out?
And by the way, if somehow TCU went, goes undefeated, wins the Big 12, and doesn't make it, that's a ripoff. I don't my see how, gut, now that Alabama's out, yeah, I, I think. My, that, my gut is telling me TCU. But it's just like I said well, before. Well, no, TCU's in, though. Uh, if, if they're in. Okay, so out of those. So you've got to either it, kick out Ohio State, Tennessee, or Oregon. Who's out? Ten, uh, Oregon. But, okay. So then who else is out? Because now you're down to two, two teams from one spot. But you, Michigan but is undefeated, right? If they well, okay, that's what I'm saying. You, you've got an undefeated Georgia. They're mm-hmm. going to win the SEC. Let's say Michigan beats Ohio State. They're the undefeated Big Ten. You've got TCU's going to be the undefeated Big Twelve. Yeah. So that leaves you now. So you're saying Oregon's out. I'm saying that's, Oregon's out. Okay. That leaves you with a one loss Ohio State team. Okay. Their only loss being the Michigan the Big Ten championship game. And a one loss Tennessee. And a one loss Tennessee, not in a championship game. I think Tennessee's going to be the odd one out. Unless, what was the, t- I, I'm, I'm going to look this up, because it's going to come down to whose loss looks worse. So let me look at the, because I don't remember the exact final this weekend. Oh, 27-13. So that's a, uh, what, a 14-point game. Yeah. The only way that Tennessee gets in in that situation because they had to win big this week. Well, they got to win out. But then would be if uh, if Michigan just takes it to Ohio State and blows them out. So let's say that happens. Okay? Uh, yeah. And let's say that it comes down to a one-loss Tennessee and a one-loss Oregon. Both of their losses are to Georgia. It's going to come down to which one was closer. Right? I mean, how do we say that Oregon's loss... What did Tennessee lost to Georgia by how much? 14 points. Oh, it's going to be Tennessee's going to be... Oregon's going to be out. Georgia blew Oregon out. But that's the beginning of the year. And they're a conference champion. So, how do you... It's almost like, how do you justify not letting them in because they won their conference? They won their conference. So okay, well then if that's the case, then Tennessee's out regardless. I mean, I mean, if you want to be fair about the situation, okay, I say Tennessee's out. Which one's going to be a bigger draw? Because you still have everybody still believes that Tennessee, if given the chance, might could beat Georgia. Because you've still got Hendon Hooker, you've still got that Henry Hooker. You know, you you got that. That offense. I haven't I haven't watched enough of Oregon to know anything about their offense or their defense. Well, that's the bad thing. They play in the, the Pac-12, and, and they play late at night, and nobody gets to watch them. Yeah. Which is also the other the other bogus thing about this this playoff committee is that they're picking teams based off of rankings, or, or TV ratings, rather. Well, maybe if some of us out here in the South got to watch some of these Pac-12 <laughs> games, so then being at 10 o'clock at night... Yeah. But, uh, okay, so that's the thing. You mentioned TV ratings. That's that's what's going to, I believe that's what it's going to come down to. Georgia and, and Michigan are draws. Like, people yeah. will watch them. They'll watch Georgia because, yeah, because it's, it's Georgia. Georgia. And then they'll watch Michigan because it's uh, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Um, but, you okay, if that's the case, 
Talking about TV rankings, Oregon, I believe, will be picked because it's a good story. It'll be a good story. It's been be, true because I say this is because they lost. Is it, it will be more of like a pity story because you know they lost their one of their players in Spencer Webb this summer. True, and it will be like how did they bounce back from that? Their bounce back story, comeback story, and honor and tribute of him. Okay, but that's a regional story. It is a regional story, but it's a national story as well. Everybody knows about it. Okay, but is that... If you're talking ratings. If you're talking ratings. True, but has the Tennessee national story where they beat Alabama, they got this... Everybody loves Josh Heupel all of a sudden. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the the national... He's even getting mentioned for for some of these NFL openings. So, the only way that happens is if you can go back in Tennessee's history when they were that team. Yeah. Back in the early 2000s, with Peyton Manning and, you know, yeah. if you can go back to uh, that Tennessee, that history, and say this is their comeback. This is, it's finally, it finally has arrived. Mm-hmm. If you can be able to make a story out of that, that's how Tennessee, Tennessee gets in based off ratings. But if not, then it's Oregon. Why? Because then... Because then you still have LSU. LSU is a better, great, a better national story than yeah. But you got to see. But you got a two-loss LSU team. But it's still, I mean, like just like we we didn't expect. Or- but now, okay, here's the other the other thing. LSU could turn this whole thing on its head if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Tennessee, I think, is out. In and I, I, this is just what I'm saying. I think they're out. Even though they lost that one game to Georgia, um, it's out based off ratings, and it's out. And they're out based on if LSU beats Georgia. Okay, but if LSU beats Georgia, could we be in a scenario where no SEC teams in the Final Four? Possibly, because then you got TCU. You got. Uh, you would then have a one loss. Uh, Ohio State, State, and then you got Michigan one. Yeah, and you would have a one loss Oregon. Yeah. And then Michigan at there, but that's okay. Okay, so if that happens, but see, that's the reason I don't think that's where you could win a conference championship and not make the playoffs. That's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. But that's how, like you said, this is how messy this is because it can go either which way. It's almost like a a takeoff. You know, you have different lanes going. Anything could happen at this point. To where if tenant if TCU wins out and wins their conference, it's almost like you have to let them in. But the only way that the SEC really, in my opinion, can ensure that they get a team into the playoffs is if they invite Tennessee to the SEC championship game against Georgia and not LSU. Because then you guarantee that your conference champion would only have one. Okay, loss. all right. So that doesn't okay. Say that doesn't happen because LSU. They just beat a what? What, what? what ranking is Alabama? Alabama came into the week uh, number two or three in the country. Number three in the country. Number three? Okay. You beat a in number three. And, uh, yeah. You beat a number three, Alabama, right? Okay. Now, because it's Alabama, everybody's like, wow, they beat Alabama. But let's take into consideration that the, the type of Alabama team that they played. 
wasn't a good. It wasn't too good of a. It, wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't a great Alabama team. Exactly. That did increase their odds to to get into a conference championship exactly. but it's not a guaranteed thing. It would be better for them to beat Georgia than it is for them to beat Alabama. Yeah, it will mean a lot more for them. That's the only way it doesn't happen is if LSU. I mean. LSU beats Alabama. If Alabama was still number one and LSU beats them, then that makes a, a world of a difference. Right. But with a number three Alabama, it's like, okay, you beat a down Alabama team. I mean, it's, it's it has some weight to it, but it doesn't hold as much weight as it does against Georgia. But, yeah, and I go back to the SEC is going to want a team in the football playoffs. Yeah. For rating's sake, yeah, it, it's, there's going to have to be an SEC team at, at one. There's got to be at least one. Because you've got their upcoming schedule here. Uh, let's see. They play Arkansas, UAB, and Texas A&M. It's not like LSU's got a strong schedule no. to end the year because Arkansas has fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. Everybody's Cinderella team because they love Sam Pittman, but I think you've got some questions over there too, in my opinion. I mean... Yeah, Sam Pittman's a good guy, but is he really a head coach? I, I had my doubts after last year, and I, I definitely have my doubts after this year. Um, so it's not like you're going to end the season with just big wins. You know, you, you're supposed to beat them at this right. point. Now, now, if Jim Mobile's competitive, then that Texas A&M game maybe helps you get an invitation. Yeah. It's just, it's like I said, I mean, it's a mess. I say at least, it has to be at least one SEC team in there, but that's obviously going to be but, Georgia. But again, Tennessee doesn't have a, a great resume to end their season either. They've got Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt, so it's not like they've... No, oh, okay, yeah, no. Uh, well, who... But see, you've got Tennessee beat LSU 40-13. to 13. How do you... How do you justify not inviting Tennessee to the SEC? I, I just don't. I think that that's because the they lost move. to Georgia. Okay, but they beat LSU. They lost to Georgia. And but they beat LSU. So now you're going to invite the team that they beat. I'm telling you, beating, because they beat Alabama. Beating Georgia, or you well, losing or uh, no, beating Georgia would have helped. Yeah. Beating Georgia would have helped help them. It holds a lot more weight than beating Alabama. Because it's a bad Alabama team. And, and, the, and the type of game that Tennessee played against Alabama, it was a close game. But in all reality, that's a, that, all season it's been a down Alabama game. I don't care if the, how many games they've won. You... It, Honestly, if you just know, you look at it. They didn't pass Alabama. the test. Yes, no. Alabama has been a questionable team all season. Ever since the the Texas game, they've been a questionable team. Now this won't hurt Bryce Young's draft stock. I mean, he did all, all he could do yeah. to help them with Paul. Well, he has in both losses that they have. Yeah, you know. So, I. But if you're the SEC. You you've got to invite Tennessee for morale, yeah. Well, and, and just to guarantee that you would get a team in the playoff, at least two. 
Well, no, you just get one. What about Georgia? If, if Tennessee beats Georgia, Georgia's out. Tennessee's not beating Georgia. I'm but telling you, LSU beats Georgia. Because the LSU's LSU not beating that. That'll be a good game to watch, but they're not going to beat Georgia. So you're saying it doesn't matter. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Georgia's going to be there regardless because... I would think so. Yes. Because I, I think that they win the ball game. Yes. But I'm saying only off chance that they don't. And only off chance that they don't, then for morale, yes. You will, you because then you can guarantee a, a, a playoff. Yeah. A, if a two-loss LSU wins the conference, a two-loss conference champion is not getting in. Not over a one-loss Oregon. Okay, well, okay, that well, then you got that's a good point. You mess around and get yourself out of a playoff spot. If basically. you lose out, if you lose, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying now. But still, for morale purposes, yes. If to let LSU win, it's like because okay, it goes back to what we were, what we talked about. Earlier in the season, before Arkansas started losing, LSU have always been that. It's been Alabama, it's been Georgia, it's been LSU, and then uh, Ole Miss, mm-hmm. right? It's those four, and so you take those out of those four. You take LSU, the only one. Uh, Ole Miss. How long have has it been since Ole Miss won a, na- a national championship? Uh, since who won? Ole Miss. Has Ole Miss ever won a national Yeah, they did. But it's it was back when Michael Orr was there, wasn't it? I, I believe so. Hold on, I'm looking this up. Because it's going I mean, in the space of years that they've won, they've been to a national championship and won. You have Georgia. Uh, 1962. There you go. So, you have, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. You have LSU. Well, LSU being one of the top programs. top top programs who won in nineteen, right? Yeah, they won and then they won in what oh oh six oh seven yeah. somewhere in there with less miles. Yeah, and so and then you have Georgia who won last season. Looks like they probably should go back this year. Then of course Alabama. Then you have Tennessee. Now Tennessee hasn't won in quite some time. Yeah, since they're then. another one. And so that's what I'm saying. You have when LSU, a team that has won recently and have won mm-hmm. in, in, in the 2000s. It's more recent than Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and it's more recent than possibly uh, Tennessee. And so you can still get that that gusto if you put the if you invite them. Yeah. The only way I say for morale purposes for Tennessee is is the fact that that. It's been a while since they've even been in the talks for this. Yes. And so, it's like, okay, this is their comeback. They're back in that that, that space where teams can look in and say, and shudder and say, oh, we got to play Tennessee. Not, It's not just Tennessee or it's not or it's not just Alabama or Georgia. Now you got Tennessee to worry about. The last LSU. time they won their division, not the conference, but their division of the conference, uh, was 2007 was the last time that Tennessee won. Yeah. So, that's what I'm saying. LSU's more of the relevant story. But, again, I say you do run the risk 
that they pull one out of their rear, they beat Georgia now, you would have a two-loss conference champion that's not getting into the playoffs. I say, now, did it comes down to whether or not that's a risk the SEC wants to take. Whether or not that, that's what I, I just don't see it. I, I think that Tennessee gets the invite there. For morale, for morale, for morale, then yeah, they, they get it. If they get it, fine. You know, I mean, they deserve it. Yeah. Because it they beat LSU early in the season. Like I said, it'll be a good story. It'll be a good story. Um, and it'll be good for their program. It'll be good uh, because now, like I said, Tennessee has become one of those teams like, team, like you beat Alabama, you could possibly beat Georgia. Yeah. You just become one of those teams, like I said, they will be one of those things that teams look at and shudder. It won't just be Alabama or Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but LSU, if they get in, it'll be through the back door. It, it, yeah. You know, barely get making it in. Um, but hey, you never know. They could shock you. They could shock. All this to say that that the college football system right now is a mess. Yeah. About all the possibilities. And it goes back to what we said a couple of weeks ago. The football's not great. No. They don't have just real domination. Uh, and I think that that hurts college football, just like it's hurting the NFL. Because at the end of the day, fans want to see teams dominate people and have them kind of be your playoff group. And, and you don't just have that every Saturday this year. Uh, you don't have it every Sunday. No. Uh, speaking of every Sunday, moving on to the NFL. Cowboys uh, had a bye week. Can't lose to the bye. <laughs> uh, but that helped on the injury front. You're going to get yeah. Zeke back. Uh, you're going to get a couple of other uh, other players yeah. potentially back. The big story while we were on the bye with the Cowboys is all of a sudden, for whatever reason, There's Jerry Jones found a new love interest in OBJ. A player who said, hey, call me. Yeah. And Jerry's like, oh, no, we're, we're happy with the guy. And now all of a sudden, we are throwing out the bouquet. You're looking at other options. We, <laughs> we, we have thrown out the, the red carpet. We're bringing the chocolate candies. We're whining and dining, baby. Yeah. I mean, it, it's unbelievable the turn that Jerry has taken. And we were talking about this prior to the show, that because of Jerry's interest, now everybody's interested. Yeah. Now suddenly, you know, New York's talking about because how we make bring him all yeah, in a, a reunion. But it's what I said is Jerry validates it because if Jerry finds finds value in him, then okay, he still got some go. Now yeah. this is why I said where it it, it it's kind of wrong on the Rams side is he helped lead that team. You know, they got him late in the season. Mm-hmm. He helped lead that team to a Super Bowl and, and, and paying a huge contribution. To that offense, and for Matt Stafford, other than just Cooper Cup, and he helped get them that Super Bowl win. And then for them to just dump him off the side as soon as he's injured, and say, "Well, oh, we didn't—that's not what we meant." You know, he can come back whenever he want. No, just say you don't want the guy, and just you know, let him move. They didn't do that, so that's disrespectful, and that's 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 very messed up. But for Jerry Jones to now find interest in uh, OBJ is to say that he still has value, he's still useful, and he's still that guy that you got to stop, regardless. He, he gives you a threat that makes defenses 
change what they're doing. Now, what what would be because now the only team Dallas has to match is Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Philadelphia went picked up AJ Brown, one a top receiver coming out of Tennessee, uh, uh, Tennessee, coming from Tennessee, and he's fit that offense like the glass slipper on Cinderella's foot, mm-hmm. and he's been a good a good target for uh, um, Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. He's he's progressed in his game, and so with Dallas adding OB uh, OBJ. You not only got to worry about C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Now you got to worry about Odell Beckham at, at the slot. And if you get James Washington back, you can move C.D. Lamb back into the slot. So now you got James Washington, Michael Gallup, two big receivers that can stretch the field. And then you got C.D. Lamb and then you got OBJ. And that's great. Who's stopping who? But let's pump the brakes. Okay. Here, here's where I'm a little... I would love to see it happen. You gonna talk I, about I, you about to talk Dak? You still have Dak Prescott. You still have Dak Prescott. It's not like you've got an all-world quarterback. Yeah, but okay, I'm gonna stop you right there because I know what you're saying. I know where you're going. We know that this run offense have been working better than the pass yes. offense. You keep that going. You do not well, stop that. That's what we're gonna say is if you get these weapons. Yeah. Don't let Kellen Moore go crazy <laughs> and all of a sudden decide Kellen Moore looking like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah. <laughs> candy. I mean, listen, Toys my, my fear is that we're going to look up the Sunday after this happens and we're going to be five wide with no back in the backfield. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to be something. But, but it's no. going to be a Mike Leach parade yeah. air raid offense. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? You don't do that. And see, so this is what helped uh, Matt's, uh, Matt Stafford is what um, Cleveland didn't figure out with OBJ. Yeah, Cleveland tried to use him as a wideout. Yeah, Matt Stafford or uh, what's his name over there in uh Matt Stafford. Well, yeah, but LA. the head coach. Oh, uh, you're talking about uh uh uh, uh his name uh, Sean McVay. Yeah, what he figured out is he's had injuries to his legs. He's not as fast. Yeah, but he's still a threat. I'm going to move him inside. I'm going to move him in the slot. And I'm going to give him the opportunity to get in space yes. at the same time. And we all know Matt Stafford is not the same caliber quarterback that he used to be back when he was the Lions. Correct. But we're moving OBJ in at the slot. You can make those dink and, that, those dink and dunk passes to him in open space, and he can get you sure. some yards. And so that, if, if Dallas lands OBJ, that's how you use him. But I'm don't not saying, go crazy. Yes, that. That's the main thing is for Kellen Moore is to not go crazy with it and say, oh, I know I got all these receivers because you still have Noah Brown, who's been doing great this season so far. He was injured uh, last uh, last game. I don't know if he, uh, he may be back. But you don't go pass happy if you land Odell Beckham. You keep things simple. You keep it calm, cool, and collected. You have a weapon, but you ain't got to show it yet. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to just give him a hundred touches a yeah, game. No. No. no it, it, have, it, you still need to run the football because you still have one of the best defenses in, in the NFL. Yeah. You you have the potential to beat Philadelphia uh, and win, still win that division. Right. You, all of that is still on the table. But it won't be if you decide that you want to be the offensive hero and start throwing the football right. 90% of the time. That that would be a disaster. 
that's the kind of thing that gets Mike McCarthy fired and then yeah. come on down and, 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 and at that point it's not even Mike McCarthy's fault because now if Mike McCarthy's in trouble he's looking at Kellen Moore yeah like, well, they're gone but, yeah. but if that happens if, if that happens again yeah. where we see that kind of meltdown it's going to be Sean Payton come on down yeah. you and get what well, you know and so okay so this is the the, the good thing about the, the Dallas Cowboys alright so you have Arguably now again one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, you, and rebuilding it once yeah. again, building it back up. Uh, and so, me and my brother earlier, we were sitting and we were watching old cowboy film from '92. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back when they had Larry Allen, uh, A and uh, what's the other guy, Nate Newton, mm-hmm. you know, those guys. You know, Dallas had one of the most tremendous, ferocious. Gigantic offensive lines in the league back in that back in that era, and so you look at it. Cowboys hasn't haven't had that since 2016. And between 2016 and now, they struggled with the offensive line. Right. And so you look at it back then when they had it with Larry Allen and all those guys. Their run game was unstoppable. You had Emmitt Smith, and you had those guys opening up different alleyways, oh, all the time. whichever yeah. way he could pick and choose whatever which one he wanted to run through. Yes. And so now you have that now uh, starting to happen with the addition of Jason Peters and um, on the left side and moving him either on the outside tackle or inside the guard or switching him with Tyler Williams, go to tackle, he's a guard, or vice versa. You have that. And then on the right side, and so you have that. If you have that, your run, your run offense, you've now gotten it back. Zeke is now starting to able to, uh, is able to find those holes on the outside in the middle. Tony Pollard is able to find those uh, holes on the outside in the middle. middle. The, the root that they got uh, mm-hmm. filling in for Zeke, Malik Davis, he's able to do the same. Yeah. Because you, it, it's working now. And for Kellen Moore, he has to take notice of that. Because, like I said, we said it and we've seen it. It, it happened against uh, uh, Detroit, was it? He got pass happy. Yeah. You know, almost lost the ball. Yeah, almost. Yeah. And, and did the same with the Bears because he wanted to throw it in, uh, second quarter with 28 seconds left on him. But so you have to be careful and, and stay cool, stay calm and collected, and just keep sticking to your guns. You, you've got to do what got you this far. Exactly. Because, I mean, it could have been a disaster after Dak Prescott went down. Not that Dak Prescott is great. Yeah. But every you know you you've you've practiced with him, you've built it around him, you've done all this thing, you know all all, all of these things, and you you know you had questions about Cooper Rush and all all of uh, that entire scenario. But you got through it. Yeah. Running the football, relying on that defense, you know, d- doing what got you. Uh, to the point last year where you were a force to be reckoned with, and then you get pass happy in the playoffs, yeah, and, and blow it. But if you're going to sign these guys, you've got to utilize them correctly, right? Uh, and that that's the big thing to me: utilize what you, what you have correctly. Okay, enough of the the OBJ and and the Cowboys. That's that that's clickbait talk. Moving on now. Uh, this happened day. Frank Wright gets fired. He's gone. Who's going to want that job? That's a bad job. 
Well, they just drew, uh, they just threw Jeff Saturday in as an interim. I don't know if he is. He's not being the ring for that job. No, permanently. no. But the Colts, man. I mean, come on. That's their fault, and you know why? It's because instead of you guys drafting the quarterback, you go get a injured prone, injury prone Carson Wentz, thinking, okay, that's going to fix it, and yep. then you go get a washed up Matt Ryan. Yeah. Draft you a quarterback and rebuild your offense. Rebuild. Mm-hmm. That's their fault on that. A lot of these teams, because we've talked about, you know, this the the college, high school, college, and NFL. This just being just a weird uh, season all the way around, mm-hmm. all the way through. High school and college, I can understand that. You know, yeah, given what you got, but and also what you recruit and for college, but. <laughs> Um, but in the NFL, this also leads to bad drafting choices. Yeah. Not being able to draft appropriately and and sufficiently in the draft, and this is what leads to building these bad teams because they don't know how to draft. Well, that and, and you got you know every I, I like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's a good guy. You waited too long to get him. Yeah. You know, then you, you again, it, like you're saying, you, you draft poorly. You know, you had Sam Ellinger, that didn't work out. Not working out. Not going to work out. You have no running game. What's Your defense is not very good. I mean, it, it that's a bad job. Yeah. And so you start looking around about who would even want that job. I mean, who 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 out there right now that doesn't have a let, – let's, let's just talk about – Head coaches, former head coaches that don't have a job, because we're seeing that this let's take a coordinator and make them a head coach doesn't isn't working out. Yeah. So let's look at you got Brian Flores. Yeah. I don't know that he's ever going to be able to get a job because what owner's going to want that? It's, it comes with a mess almost. That, that's a that that's a terrible mess. Yeah. Okay, Sean Payton is not going to be interested in that job. That's what I was about to say. If Sean Payton likes the code, he could take that job. But is that job a better job than Carolina? Yes. Carolina's not even a good job. Carolina's not a good job, but at least you have Baker Mayfield. No, I wouldn't even take that. But you have a quarterback. So you can re-sign him because he's not going to go get a big contract now. So you can re-sign him to a one-year You have an endless of a quarterback. I mean... But if you're Sean Payton, you're the quarterback whisperer. Do you think you can work your magic there, or do you, or do you count on the Colts losing enough games to draft Hooker or Bryce Young? I take that over if you get the one of those two guys. Yeah, if you get one of those, I take that over a a, a Baker Mayfield Carolina Panthers because not only okay, but you don't have a run game. Okay, but what if you don't have receivers? What if Carolina loses enough games to get one of those two guys? Then what about Baker Mayfield? You just let him go? Well, he's on a one-year deal anyway. Okay, so okay, at this point, given those two scenarios, either neither job is desirable. You know, it's not it's not a cupcake with a cherry on top. Neither one of them are. You have bad quarterback situations. Mm-hmm. You have bad, oh, bad offense, bad defensive defensive situations. The only thing that Carolina has going for them right now is DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. He ain't got quarterback. 
Now, if, and that's a big if, that's the only thing that puts that job over the coach is DJ Moore. True. If they don't trade him off. Because they're, they're offering or saying that they would take a first round for DJ Moore. They would trade him for a first round. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the stupidest thing you can do. All you need is a quarterback. True. All you need is a quarterback to throw to him. But for the Colts, if Sean Payton was looking to rebuild, those are the only two openings right now, right? That's why I just look again. The because we're we're tossing around who would want what job. But it's it right now it's sitting just the Colts and Carolina. They're the only two that have cut bait. Yes. So far, okay. Yes. I just didn't want to leave out another team when we're trying yeah, well, to put the puzzle. Pieces, if, if, if 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 uh over there in the Cardinals don't get it together, he may be gone. Yeah, I, I could see that job coming up. Uh, that's the only other but, one. But right now, okay, so lo- there's your two openings. So you're saying that Indianapolis is a better job. Yes, if you're looking to rebuild, if you're looking to build and shape your own offense, that's the better job. Yeah. Because this is why I say, and this is why I say that because you have DJ Moore over there and and Carolina. That's all you got. That's mm-hmm. all you got. If you take that job now, you have to try and build around him, the type of player that he is. You got to get a quarterback. You got to mm-hmm. get a quarterback that's good for him. You get what I'm going? True. You have to build somewhat around him because he's the only thing that you let go of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. You know. You don't so you, that's your even though he was injury prone there you lost that's your running game gone. True. And so you have to draft all these players that's going to somewhat fit an offense that fits him. With the coach, you can just almost nearly totally rebuild. Yes, you have Sam Ellinger, but can you shape and mold him? Because he's still young. Can you can you shape and mold him into a good quarterback built around the type of offense that you want? I, I don't see that. I mean, I I see that. They're probably out of those two teams going to have the higher draft pick. So I think that that's a better job in the sense that you could get your quarterback. Yeah, uh, instead well, of inheriting one. Yeah. The good thing about the the good thing with this is, well, I won't say too good because there's not a plethora of quarterbacks coming out of the draft. You know, you have Bryce Young. You have what about the guy in Michigan? He's he's young. You yeah, know? he yeah he's not okay. So out. the only top quarterback that you have right now coming out is Bryce Young. True. Well, and Henry Hooker. Okay, from Tennessee. From Tennessee. Those two guys. If either one of those teams get either one of those quarterbacks, you have to draft accordingly after that. Mm-hmm. You can't put, and that's and that's where teams fail is they draft these quarterbacks, and that's all they draft for the remainder of the draft. True. For Carolina and and Indiana, Indianapolis. They have to draft accordingly, according to these quarterbacks. You have to give them something to work with. Mm-hmm. And so I see the better option that being is if you do now. Okay, let's let's switch this. If you do draft either uh, uh, Bryce Young or Henry Hooker, then to me Bryce Young's the the more NFL ready. Yes, and out of those two, I mean Henry Hooker is very athletic, got a good arm. I think he could be something. But I think that mentally, you, Bryce Young is that he's that guy. Yeah. the The problem with him, drafting a Henry Hooker is you would have the pressure to put him in there. Yeah. 
Like, people would expect you to put him in there when he's not quite ready. Whereas if you get that pressure of Bryce Young, you, you feel okay about it. Yeah. I, I quit. When Bryce Young takes the field, you feel like he has the chance to go win a ball game. Period. He has the same... In college, he has the same uh, presence as a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, if the game is on the line, yeah. you got if you have if he has a minute or more, or less, maybe a minute or more, he can get you down there to win that game. Yeah. Um. But see, that's the only thing. If either one of those teams, if if Carolina gets any other one of those, any of those guys, then that Carolina job becomes desirable. True. Because then you now you have a quarterback for. DJ Moore and whoever else you draft, draft. Mm-hmm. and then you get a running game to go behind him, then, I mean, there you go. That's a package deal. It, it all comes down to whether or not the front offices are willing to draft exactly. and, and who how they're willing to, to let you come in and shape the team. But I just thought that was interesting uh, after that job came open. Uh, let's see, another, another kind of there, not there type of storyline in the NFL is Dan Snyder has... Asked a firm to look into options concerning the the Washington Commanders. So now we go from threatening to air out everybody's dirty laundry to now there's a possibility that he's got to sell the team or he may just sell a minority part of the team. I mean, there's all sorts of things that could happen. He, he's not being concrete. Mm-hmm. But what a flip from where he was a couple weeks ago, where he was defiantly saying, I, "Don't mess with me." I wonder. I wonder who said something to him. Well, Jerry Jones did say that he wasn't surprised. So I wonder if there was a conversation there. Well, Jerry saying that sounds like he got he has his ducks in the row. Yes. Man, if you were talking about kept your mouth shut in the beginning. Exactly. But we're talking about a guy whose situation led to the firing the famous now infamous firing of John Gruden, who still has a lawsuit against the NFL. And now the Raiders suck. Now the Raiders are down in the dumps. <laughs> what a top receiver. And you did all of this <laughs> only to sell the team. Which you should have done to begin with. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was, like I said from the beginning, it was one of those moves where if I go down, everybody going. But it goes back to my deal where Roger Goodell came out and said, well, I can't make an owner sell the team. Then what kind of power do you actually have? Roger Goodell does what the board tells him to do. He does what the, he works for the owners. Yeah, where he messes up is every now and again he makes one of them mad because of what he does to their players. And (laughs) that's when his job is on the line. That's when his job's on the line. But if all of this was going to transpire, then because why let it get to this point? That's my thing. The only why reason did anybody let it get to this point? It's the same argument that I've made about the Deshaun Watson situation. Why and how was it allowed to get to this point? Because at some point, you don't want to push over the wrong domino. So, so now we're just going to sacrifice John Gruden? I hate it. it well, was, John Gr- okay, we never John, did anything. Would it be worth it for the NFL if John Gruden? John Gruden was, was the pebble to the the millstone. Okay, but but answer the what if John what if John Gruden wins the the lawsuit? Then that that means that's the the NFL. It could become a a, a then, domino effect. But that because that's my question. Then was it worth it for who? 
the NFL, not to no. force Dan Snyder to sell. No. So why not just do that? If all of it was going because to Because Roger Goodell, it's, it's possibly, that's why I'm talking about the domino effect, because if he pushes an owner to sell or anything, something may either come out about him or something that he's involved in. Uh-huh. So that's what I'm saying. You right. save, you but save. But come out in the lawsuit anyways. But who's to say that? It's not. That's less likely to happen because it's less. It's yeah. And, and it's less. It's, it's less of a hits. direct of, of a yes. direct hit. True. If this happens, then that's a direct hit he could take. Versus if the NFL takes that hit, it's it softens the blow because now it's everybody. But yeah. what kind of a what kind of dirt do you have to have on these guys for it to even have evolved to what it's become? You look at it. It's the same thing they've been doing with the Deshaun the Deshaun Watson case. Uh, even with the Ben Roethlisberger's case and everything else, the NFL is all about their own image. They would do but, anything yeah. to keep that image to make it like it's. I'm not squeaky clean, but good enough in the public eye. They they could care less about what's right. That's I mean there you have it, and that that's what I'm saying. It's not about at the end of the day. It's not about making sure what what's right is done right. It's about making sure that they save rate, they save space, or just whatever they got going on. You don't want any hands on it unless they have their hands on it. And Roger Goodell at this point has basically taken his hands off of the the Sean Watson thing. Yeah. Off of the owners thing because if anything comes back to him. There's a possibility that he could get in trouble, he could lose his job, or even worse. Do you want to? And and, and it comes out to: Do you want to risk that? Is he willing to Is risk it that? Worth it? Yeah. No, he. As we know, he's not. And so, like I said, John Gruden was the pebble to the millstone. I mean, he just fell off of it, <laughs> you know. And now he's without a job. He, yeah, he got picked up and tossed. So now moving on to, to more of the football side of things. Let's look at the. So we're we're kind of at that. Well, now what used to be the halfway point of the season, kind of past that. Yeah. So let's look at these standings. So then the AFC, which is bad football. Yeah. Okay, you've got the Bills at six and two, still leading their division in the AFC East. But their two losses are divisional losses. To the Jets and the Dolphins. Yeah. Okay. But then you've got, you could have a potential three-way tie there. Because you've got currently the Bills at 6-2. and two, Jets 6-3. and three, Dolphins 6-3. and three, And you've got New England on the outside looking in at 5-4. and four. Okay. Then you go on to the West. Chiefs at 6-2. and two. Okay. Chiefs squeaked by uh, Tennessee yesterday. You got the Chiefs at six and two. You got the Chargers at five and three. You got the Broncos. Let's ride three and five. That's horrible. And, and you got the Raiders at two and six. That's a nasty division. Then you go to the North. You might as well put the Chiefs in there with the Bills. But then you go to the North. Got and and you've got the Ravens playing tonight. They play the Saints tonight. You got the five and three Raiders leading that division. You got the Bengals at five and four. You've got the Browns at three and five, and you've got the Steelers at two and six. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. 
That's <laughs> bad. That's a horrible. Ain't nobody really winning in that division. Okay, then you've got the AFC South. Titans lead at five and three. Colts three and five. Jaguars three and six. And the Texans. Well, well, who's the top teams? Right, uh, the top team. Who's that? The Titans five and three. Still bad. And then you've got three and five in Indianapolis. Listen, Frank Wright got fired, and they may win that division. <laughs> this and like, if you get your mess together, you could win that division. That's worse. The AFC is worse than the NFC East all put together. Okay, so then in the last couple of years, I've got the Bills winning their division. Uh huh. But after watching them lose to New York, and I had the Bills as the clear favorite to win the AFC. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that we may have jumped on that bandwagon a little too, too quickly. Now, now they're still a great football team. Josh Allen is still a great quarterback. But you started seeing some things exposed. You, you started seeing some things uh, put out there that, hey, maybe they're not the runaway favorites. Patrick Mahomes, on the other hand, was able to come out there, beat a, a good Tennessee team. You know, bounce back after after some things happen. He wins that that football game. So I've got I've got them winning uh, their division. I've got the Chiefs winning theirs. I don't. You shouldn't even just talk about the other ones. It doesn't even. I mean, the other ones <laughs> doesn't even matter. <laughs> don't even matter. So <laughs> that, that's just bad football. Now you go to the NFC. You've got the the. I mean, no longer the NFC least. They are the NFC beasts. Yeah. You've got the eight no Eagles. You got the six and two Cowboys. You got the six and two Giants. And then you got the cellar dwellers in the Commanders. Four and five. <laughs> That's a mess. Ain't came up for air yet. Yeah, no, they're they're not not in contention. Okay, then you look at the West. You got a shocker, Seattle six and three. Yeah. Okay, maybe Russ isn't that important. Yeah, because he's three and five. So he's three and five. Okay, then you got the 49ers at four and four. You got the Rams, defending Super Bowl champ Rams at three and five in third five. place. And you've got the three and six Cardinals. Yeah. Then you go to the North. That's a bad division. You've got the Vikings at seven and one. They've been a very good football yeah, they, That's they're impressive. Then you've got the three and six Packers. You've got gosh. the three and six Bears. And the two and six Detroit Lions. So obviously we're gonna win that one. <laughs> Then you go to the South. It doesn't get any better. You've got the division. Okay, a tie for the division lead between the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Guess their records. What record do you think is leading the NFC South? Three and five. Close. Four and five. <laughs> Tom Brady and them. Four and five, but they're winning the division. Well, tied for the division lead. But they lost to Atlanta. So, you know. There's always that. Goodness. Boy, this is the worst season Tom Brady has ever had. And then you've got the 3-5 and Saints who play tonight against Baltimore. Okay, side note, before I move on. How bad have these standalone games gotten? I like used to it was man we got to tune in to Monday night and it was kind of okay and, and for a little bit it was hey let's watch the Thursday night games now the Thursday night games aren't I mean that's why do you get the joke. trash teams to play each other yeah that, that's just a joke but now even Monday night football has become not a great product 
And then you've got the two and seven Panthers in that division, the NFC South. By far a terrible year for Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers looks miserable. Although he came out and said, well, it's, that's an overstatement. No, it's not. You're miserable. You don't want to be there. They 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 bait and switched you. You know, they gave you the, the, yeah, the they big contract. They, they traded everybody. And you lost your offensive coordinator that you just love so much. You're questioning the coaching staff. I mean, that's a mess. How <laughs> bad? Said, okay, but but how bad? Rodgers is in a Home Alone movie right he, now. He is. Yeah. Getting around saying, where's everybody go? Where's everybody go? Like, I, I, I signed on for a team and <laughs> I got nobody. But how bad has football gotten? You look at that. Listen. Now, the NFC is a little bit better. You actually have some really good football. You've got the Vikings. They're a good football team. Seahawks are a good football team. The Eagles are a good football team. The, the Cowboys, I say the Giants are a good football team. You have some legitimately good football teams. The NFC is a joke. The NFC has two good teams, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, legitimately good teams. Tennessee tries, but they're for whatever reason, they can't get over the hump. So the AFC really has two good football teams. That's a joke. It's laughable. Yeah. And you don't see these teams getting any. Like, there's no real path for those teams to get any better. Heck no, man. It's almost like week in and week out. It's almost like watching the same thing. There's no there's no drive to be able to say, okay, now they're picking it up. Mm. No. It's but like, even you go to the offseason, how many teams get, there's not enough quarterbacks to go around. No. It goes back to what I said, horrible drafting and horrible manage, money management. Yeah. You're paying all these guys, but you ain't worried, you're not building your team. And see, that's what happens when you pay these guys. You still have other players to play. Well, guess what? When you don't pay those players, they're leaving. They're on to the next team. Yeah. And so you lose these players, and then you don't have nothing to fit. And then you can't draft with the crap. Wait, what about the Texans? Did you say the Texans? Yeah, they're one in six. Anyways, so you know, <laughs> they're the worst team in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFL right now. Yeah, they're going to get the number one pick in the draft, probably. Well, that would help. But it, that's a job that's going to come open. Like, Levy Smith's just a placeholder. Which, why in the world did you even interview other guys if you were going to hire Levy Smith anyways? He was already on staff. <laughs> and why fire David Culley if you were going to stay with somebody on staff? Interesting thing, though. They almost beat the Eagles. That's true. They almost beat the Eagles. <laughs> and guess hey, then we would have crowned Levy the king. Yeah, hey, look, hey, hey, Eagles fan Philadelphia. Because he's a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, but he can't win football games. Anymore. Ian, but Ian won a long time. Yeah, it's been, it's been like 06. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Yeah. Give him that much. Lovey's a nice guy. Yeah. Lovey gets jobs because people like him. Yeah. Like, he, that's how he gets jobs. Yeah. But, going back to it, that's the problem with the AFC right now is horrible drafting. Terrible money, man. Yes. And, and nobody has their quarterback. No. Nobody's got nobody outside of the Bills and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Nobody Nobody's set on a quarterback. Uh that's all I have to say about the AFC. This is the worst AFC season that I've seen in a long very time. Very long time. Since Tom Brady left the Patriots. Man, and then I it's just This is yeah. And that's bad for football. 
Because now you're getting more and more games that just aren't watching. I'm telling you, Tom Brady should have stayed in New England, man. Then it would have been something different. Yes. Tom Brady would probably be going to the Super Bowl again because the New England team isn't bad. They're just missing a quarterback. Yeah, because they're not, they're not sold on Mac Jones. No. Probably not even Zappy. Well, I don't know. There's a big push within the organization. Okay, but how long does that last? Well, I mean, I think until he just doesn't win. So it's like, That's what I'm saying. How long could okay, that be? But here's the problem. It's the Cooper Rush effect. Where, you exactly. Know, uh, you that, know, that's what I'm getting started. at. That's what I'm getting at. Because everybody wants to jump on that bandwagon because they're winning a couple of games. Well, are they capable? Why are they winning? That's the question. Yeah. Like, Cooper Rush didn't win because Cooper Rush is a great quarterback. Cooper Rush won games for the same reason that Dak's still winning games, and that is the, the Cowboys have figured out we're going to run the football, we're going to play good defense. Exactly. It, so that's why I'm asking how long will it last you see what happened as soon as Cooper Rush lost against the, they lost against yeah the it's league. like okay well uh, we okay. need Dak back yeah. we need Dak back QB controversy's over but see that's the thing is for other people outside of the, the Dallas Cowboys fan base or anybody else they knew like he's just a placeholder placeholder that's why when we Dallas lost to the Eagles you didn't hear anybody at Dallas the fans be like upset about it because we knew it's, it, it's everybody else that wanted to hop on the bandwagon of Cooper Rush that got disappointed. And said, I still well, say, though, if he would have won that ball game, it would have been... Oh, yeah, story. it definitely would have been talks. But in reality, he's, he's still the placeholder. Now, Cooper Rush, they probably will keep him. That uh, tells me how Jerry really feels about Dak. I said that weeks ago. Okay, well, he just said the same thing. Uh, well, the, um, well, No, no, he came out in the... Def- Here's the the interesting thing. He came out right out the gate and defended Zeke like there was no tomorrow. He will be back. He is our starter. We love him. We as Zeke goes, so goes the Cowboys. He didn't say the same thing about Dak. That tells me how he really feels about Dak Prescott. He That's realizes messed he messed up by giving him that big. Well, contract. he went to war with Zeke, so <laughs> yeah, hand Zeke's in hand, guy. Yeah, so that relationship was bonded over that. So. Um, even gave him a place in Mexico to go. Yeah, when he was uh, suspended to go work out. Yeah, hey, go work out. Yeah, and so Don't my tap. Don't worry. Yeah, and so I mean, but you look at guys like Cooper Rush and then Zappy. You you have to ask that question: How long will it last? Because you have, like I said, you have people who will tend to jump on that bandwagon, and then as soon as it as it breaks down, you jump ship. Yeah, they're gone. So. How long would it last for the Patriots? But like I said, it would have been good for the AFC had Tom Brady stayed in there. Would have helped ratings anyway. Yeah, ratings. Heck, well, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd be talking about too much about the Bills or the Chiefs. Not as much. Yeah, probably. but now I mean they get all the coverage because they're the only two. Exactly. Flip. All right. It's so closing out, kind of lining up the show here. Let's look at the NBA. You've got the Kyrie Irving situation. He makes some anti-Semitic comments, and now the team's saying that if he doesn't apologize, make a public apology, and do this and do that, he's not coming back. In the midst of this, Steve Nash gets fired, gets replaced with M.A. Udoka. What a mess. Ben Simmons doesn't like it there. Ben Simmons doesn't like it anywhere. Because he didn't pass the ball, Ben. <laughs> Pass the ball, Ben. But okay, with the Kyrie Irving situation, man, it's bull. I mean, come on. 
He made a post. It was a post. But this is what I said about the M.A. Udoka situation. We're, we're getting to a point where we're getting so caught up in their personal lives off the field or off the court. Yeah. That it's getting ridiculous. Who cares where they stand politically? Who cares where they stand socially? Who cares what they do behind closed doors? You are paying these people to win ball games. The only reason that that the league should get involved in personal matters is if it becomes a legal issue. Yeah. Outside of that, who gives a rat's rear what they say or what they do as long as they win ball games? I, I, I for the life of me, we are. It, it goes back to uh, who was it? Charles was it? Charles Barkley, who said um, they're not paying me to be a role model. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barkley. You know, I, I'm not a role model, and everybody. He was right. These guys don't get paid. To be role models, they get paid to win ball games. But who? Okay, honestly, if you ask this question honestly, if you want to put these athletes on the pedestal, say, "Oh, they're affecting." Who are they affecting? These kids nowadays don't know what the heck uh, anti-Semitic means. No, they don't. They care. don't pay attention to that. No, they know about Kyrie Irving and the things he do on court, which is what yes. he's being paid for. They don't know anything about the Jewish. They don't even. They barely, hardly even teach it in school nowadays. Yeah. So when when the NFL or the NBA gets they get into these these moral uh, issues issues, who are they doing it for? For their image. Exactly. Because Nobody they else care about what the adults in the room. Think. Who cares? This is the problem with with professional sports, more especially is they have become so involved in the political scene. And we're not a political show. I'm not going to get into all that. But I don't care where you stand politically. If you're a sports fan, you care about them winning Winning. ball games. Exactly. Period. End of story. Now, what's interesting about the M.A. Udoka situation, I still say if it was a consensual thing, that's fine. That's between him, his his fiance, and the other woman involved. I didn't I didn't understand the suspension. Yeah. But what made it interesting is they let him go to Brooklyn without requiring any compensation. That's interesting to me. It may be that nothing ever comes out, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's another shoe that drops. If somebody doesn't come out and say. That was consensual, but what he did with me wasn't. I, it's just interesting to me. You have a coach take you to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. You suspend them immediately. And not only that, but when another team comes calling, you don't even make them trade for that guy. You don't ask for any monetary or draft compensation. That's, that's interesting. That's a little fishy. That tells me that you know something... That, that, that they don't know. Yeah. That you don't want... And it, it comes across like, we said we suspended him for this because it's better than what would yeah. have come out. Even though it doesn't look good, it's still better than that. But... that That's a whole... That's almost like a Deshaun Watson thing. It's probably... A hopefully not. It's, hopefully it's not. But... 
with this move, it kind of seems but like something's ruining it. Exactly. And what kind of a mess are you inheriting in Brooklyn now? Because that you're throwing that into the mix with Kyrie and KD and ben and Ben Simmons. What if he get one of them gets on the play? I, mean, I don't want to play with an adulterer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now what? I mean, <laughs> now what are you gonna do with him? Are you gonna be a more police? And then. KD comes out and says, well, I didn't know they were going to fire Steve Nash. Baloney, you didn't know. You didn't want him there. You said you wanted him gone. You knew they were going to get rid of him. I told you. I told you that there had to be some kind of, there was a, something in order for those three to stay. There had to be an agreement. Yeah. Had it had to, to be like, okay, listen, if, if this goes south, we're going to Because why did you fire... Steve Nash, he did nothing wrong. But what? Okay, if you were gonna do this, this they early were winning. In the se- okay, but if you were gonna do this this early in the season, why did why didn't you start the beginning the summer? Why wait till now? And now all of a sudden, okay, yeah, you're not our guy. Yeah. Let's see. That's what I told. It's just like what you said. They're more on the. They're for the players, for 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 media, everything else. They're not for the coaches. Not even in the NFL. Everything is about the. Revolves around the players being on a pedestal and about them looking good and the media and being a good light in the media. That's it. Uh, it's not about right or wrong because, like I said, they fired Steve Nash literally for nothing. True. You had three players that didn't want to play and you blame this guy? Hey, we don't even know if Steve Nash can coach. In his defense, we don't know. Do I think he's got the potential? Possibly. But he wasn't put in a situation to be successful. No. He didn't He didn't take a job that was good for a first-time head coach. It, yeah. it, it just, that was a bad situation from the get-go, and it didn't work out. And really and truly, that's on the Nets organization for, for their decisions we don't, to yeah. keep the players. It's bad because it made his first head coaching experience look bad. And probably his last. Yeah. If we're being honest, but we're probably we, not going to get another job. It, it, it's evident that he is a good good coach because he's been on a championship team staff. So yes. he was on a Lakers championship team staff back in 2020. And he was well there before then as well. Uh, and then I think he was some. Uh, was he with the Warriors? He was, he, was somebody he was else. A, he was a consultant, I think, for the Warriors. Yeah. But as far as coaching, that's not a, a question. But you just made it look bad because you got mixed in with Kyrie Irving and KD, two of the most problematic yeah. players in the NBA as of today. And then with a player like Ben Simmons that ain't played in two years. Right. It's a bad situation. He yeah. got baked yeah. into a bad exactly. pie. Uh, and now you're the odd man out. Yeah. Which is weird. Bad. Bad, all the Bro- bad Brooklyn Nets. Bad. All right. I'm going to let you talk about your inconsistent Lakers. Yeah, that's a mess to me. I, that's ridiculous. It looked promising when those first two, those those two wins, it did. But I say this about the Lakers. LeBron James, I'm going to start with LeBron, and I'm going to kind of work my way into it. But LeBron James, you have to figure out what you're going to do with him. If he's going to retire or he's going to be a team, uh, a team leader that he's supposed to be, and he's going to play to win, not just play to chase stats. One thing about this is they don't know where to put LeBron. Because you don't know how to put Le- where to put LeBron, you don't know where to put Westbrook. And because you can't place LeBron, once again, you don't know where to place AD. 
AD is supposed to be the center. Yeah. Or uh, power forward. Can't do that because if LeBron's playing a power forward or a center, it leaves no room for anybody else. We or don't let him play a true center. Yes. And and if if he, if he's at the point guard, Westbrook, where do you put Westbrook? Yeah. But you have to figure out what to do with LeBron. You figure out what to do with LeBron and what role he plays consistently and solidly, then you could start possibly winning games. Now we saw this win these with the two wins, the two back to back wins against uh, the the Jazz or no the Nuggets and um, the Pelicans. Is you saw Westbrook in the point guard role. Mm-hmm. Played a good played great, you know, had some lights out night. He he played his role. He looked comfortable doing it, and he was having fun. Yes, but and it was consistent, you know. But these last two games, I don't know what changed, but I know what happened before. Is if you're gonna let Westbrook play point guard, let him play point guard. Do not move him anywhere else. Right. Let him play point guard. LeBron James said himself last se- matter of fact, the championship season. When they had uh, Rajon Rondo, he said that with Rajon Rondo coming off the bench into that point guard position, it helped him to be able because LeBron is, though he can sometimes, he's not comfortable with being the field general. He would rather somebody who is comfortable, who knows at uh, just like Rondo, being in that position where he can move around, jump. Alley oop, do whatever he wants, shoot, yeah, and do it comfortably without worrying about having to control the floor. That's what LeBron wants to do. That's what championship caliber LeBron wants to do, and that's how you win with that type of LeBron. You let him fly around, do whatever he wants to, without without having to control the court. Now, to say that, if you're going to do that, then you need a solid point guard. Yes. A field That's general. A must. Exactly. You need a court or field general. You had that in Rondo. I don't know why they let him go, but I guess age or whatever. But either that, either way, you had that in Rondo. Now you have to try and see if you can get that same type of energy, that same type of play out of uh, Westbrook. Westbrook can do it, but he has to buy into it. He's never had to do it. He's got to take over and yes. about, and he's got to make it his team. Exactly. Him and AD have got to step up and make they have team. To, and they, they have to make it their team. It can't be LeBron's team anymore. LeBron is getting older. They're still in their, at their prime right now. And so they have to step up. LeBron can't do it by himself anymore. Well, LeBron's even got to the point where, where I mean, you watch teams and the defense, they're like, okay, shoot. Yeah. See if you can make it. We'll just go get the rebound. Exactly. They, they don't care. It's not. It used to be if LeBron got the basketball, you, know, you double teaming, you drafting, you did things. That's but able to I, play one on one. I said this before, and I'll say it again. LeBron did not come to LA to take over. LeBron came to LA to relax. And now he's a. Now he's and he's in. A, they have him in a position where he has to take over, and he's not relaxed. You see what it looks like when LeBron is relaxed. We've seen it the championship year season. Yeah. We've seen it when he was in uh, Miami. We didn't see it when he was in the and 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 back in Ohio in Cleveland because he had to be that guy. Yeah. Even though he won, he wasn't comfortable. He came to L.A. to relax. It, it, it drained him. Yes. Cleveland drained him. And he came to L.A. to relax. And he, for him, he thought bringing A.D. along, this I'm passing this over to you. 
But AD hasn't caught on yet that no. this is now your team. Exactly. You have to step up. He brought Westbrook on. I need you to help AD. So I can be able to do what I want to do. Y'all throw me some alley-oops, I'll go up and get them. Yeah. And, or hit me in the corner, I'll shoot the three. Mm-hmm. That's what he's... He's in L.A. to relax. And L.A. hasn't caught on to that. So therefore, they haven't built a team to help him be that relaxed player. It's like, like you said, yes, Westbrook needs to buy into that point guard role. Be that step-up, stand-out guy. You, you can do it. A.D., you need to play like you know how to play. It's your team now. It's your team. But other than that, the Lakers, with them having a new head coach and a defensive-minded head coach and uh, Darvin Ham, uh, we've seen the defense play better. We've seen them now be more in games than out of games like they were at the beginning when they were going 0-5. Yeah. Um, these last two losses, they've been in the game more than out of it. Um, They're not getting blown now. Exactly. And so... I say you 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 click with you click and you keep and you try to figure out what you're gonna do uh, with Westbrook. Put I say keep him at that point guard. Let him play that point guard position, um, and then also implement some. Bring up those guys. Where are the guys from the summer league that were that were? What's the guy that was just shooting threes? Uh, and and some of where's that guy at? Where's uh, Scotty Pippen Jr.? Yeah. Great point guard. Up and really you, point guard. You move him there. Uh, you know. Huff. Where's Huff? That's your center. Where yeah. is he? Uh, so it goes back to LeBron didn't want to play with the young guys. He made that clear when he came there. He uh, had them all traded. Yeah. And I think but, that's the problem. Yeah. Is that as long as LeBron is there, there is this fear that we can't bring up these guys and develop them because then he'll drive them to the ground and he'll make sure that we trade them and he'll do this. And th- it goes back to what I said a couple weeks. LeBron needs to, to, to leave. If he wants a team in Las Vegas... Go do that. Yeah. Go pursue that. But even if even if he gets a team in Las Vegas, he's going to get nothing but young guys. He's not going to get the old, uh, the the prime time players. He's not going to yep. get those players. You know, because if if these guys don't want to play with him while he's playing in the league, what makes you think they're going to be want to play with him when he's under a GM or yeah. an owner? Owner. Yeah. That's even worse. Exactly. You know? So I, I say they have to once again they have to figure out what they're going to do with LeBron. AD and Westbrook needs to step up. AD needs to realize, hey, LeBron brought me here to pass this on to me. Westbrook uh, got here in order to be that, to fit into that point guard role that he should have been when he was in OKC. Yeah. And then he should have been when he was in Houston. And then with the Wizards. He, he, to fit into that. And I think that's what's going to make Westbrook great. Is not him in the past years putting up all those triple doubles and scoring all those points. What's going to make Russell Westbrook great is him becoming a field general point guard. And an overall basketball player. Yes. That's what's going to make him great. He's going to have to round out his basketball abilities and say, now I'm ready to be a a basketball player. That's what's going to make him great. Uh, Looking at Major League Baseball, the Astros win the World Series once again. Minute made. They're sipping on lemonade and minimade, and they won the World Series. And, and that was uh, that was a breath. That was like a refreshing type. It, of it really was. You know, there wasn't any questions really yeah. about it. Dusty Baker gets his first World Series win as a manager. That kind of cements him among the all-time greats as a Hall of Fame uh, baseball manager. So I mean, I, I thought it was great. Justin Verlander did a great job coming back. 
later in the series, pitching very well, putting them in a position, you know, to, to go get the championship. That just an overall great win for Houston. Uh, they were the best team in baseball uh, by far, in my opinion. You know, having watched them all season, they they were the best team. The best team won. Philadelphia, you know, the Phillies. Hey, listen, from where you were to, to where you ended, that's a great season. Yeah. Uh, now the the thing is, it starts all over. Yeah. Now, now you've got another 162 game schedule staring you right down the barrel. Uh, but but a great win for Houston. Uh, now free agency, free agency begins. Now we start talking about where does Aaron Judge wind up? Where does Jacob DeGrom wind up? Where does Clayton Kershaw wind up? Uh, all of those things. The Rangers, our, our Texas Rangers, uh, look to be big players in the free agent market. They've already said, hey, listen, we're willing to spend more money. You know, We're willing to go get top-of-the-line pitching. We're willing to, to be in possibly conversations and, with Aaron and, Judge. And, and that's what I want to see with the Rangers is that they get those players that they need and they become consistent. Yes. Because I believe that they can. And, and I'm not a Rangers. While I'm not a Rangers fan, I'm not. I'm well, a, Yankees a Yankees fan. fan. Uh, I do because they're a Texas team. I do wish them the best, you know, and, and their season. And it looks good for Texas. Uh because then you you have top football top football team in the Dallas Cowboys yeah and then if you uh, the Mavericks are doing good and now you just need your baseball team to do good and and then you just had a major uh, Houston win World Series so it, it, it's good for Texas sports if everybody is good and winning now the Texans that that's a whole different yeah they're the stepchild of the we, yeah we barely claim yeah. them. But, you know, and, and the Rangers just got Bruce Bochy as the new manager. He's yeah. a world-class manager. On top of that, Mike Maddox, who was the pitching coach when we were in the World Series, uh, has expressed interest in coming back. Uh, I think that would be a great move for the staff that we have and the people that we could bring in, you know, the potential free agents. I, I, I see it starting to kind of come together for the Texas Rangers and I think it's going to be a great offseason for, for baseball. Yeah. Uh, just to see who winds up where, you know, how things are going to look, uh, and the way that things shape out. But, you know, hey, World Series is over. Now we start looking at how do these teams build. So that's what we're going to be talking about, you know, kind of moving forward with Major League Baseball is who goes where and, and, and what does it look like uh, moving forward. But I thought we've had a lot of great things to talk about today. Uh, great show. Yes, indeed. Um <clears throat> this week we are looking forward. Looks uh, like we're going to be in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, Texas. Yeah, Jacksonville, Texas, uh, for the Dangerfield versus uh, Anderson Shiro, and possibly Pittsburgh for the uh, uh, Paul Pitt West Rest game. Yeah, and so um, we're there. Looking forward to being there. Uh, we'll be getting footage out. We'll be getting getting clips, uh, updates, and everything. So you know, just. Hang out with us this uh, this week, man. It's going to be an interesting week. Um, be just looking for the content. Yeah, looking really looking for the content, man. You guys are doing excellent right now, and uh, showing love to our TikTok page and our Facebook page. Um, and we, we we so much, and we're humbly grateful uh, for the love that you guys are showing us. Uh, not here, just in Texas, but other states as well. Yes. Um. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, man, it's playoff time. Playoff, playoffs are on the roll. Uh, so it's gonna be a fun playoff ride uh, with these teams that we're following. 
and even the teams that we're not following. Uh, yeah, so, I, I think there's a lot of good things, a lot of intrigue still left in the college football yeah. situation. Uh, you know, hey, that's the one good thing about sports is a three hundred sixty-five year a day job. Yeah, and you and uh, any day, day, you're not you're year a day, of, yeah. God, dog, year a day, year a day. Dang, imagine that if we had to live a year in a day. But whoo, but anyways, uh, yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah, talk about aging fast. Um, but yeah, so just just keep up with us as you know we get content out and um. Uh, Updates and everything, and uh, it should be fun. We want we want to bring you guys on uh, along for the ride. So uh, we're out of here. You got anything else you want to say? Mike? No, I think it's been a great show. Uh, be looking for content throughout the week on TikTok, uh, Facebook, all those things, and we will see you next week. Peace.